Welcome back, Martini Giant fans. This is episode number 95, featuring uh, two films by the very, very handsome two young actors at the time, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Both films are directed by George Roy Hill, and I'm sure you have already guessed by now, but it is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid from 1969 and The Sting from 1973. Like I said, this is at the peak of a Newman and Redford handsomeness. Butch Cassidy is actually a very, very interesting film. It is a Western done during a time when Westerns were definitely falling out of fashion in Hollywood. Um, and they succeeded uh, very well because it is actually a very unusual film uh, for its time as well as still today. It's kind of a weird film if you think about it and you'll get more on that. But it almost seems like they tried to make the magic happen again by bringing Newman and Redford back and getting George Roy Hill to direct our second film, The Sting. Did they succeed? Well, stay tuned and find out more and see what Martini Giant has to say on that. I've got uh, one announcement for you guys. This Saturday, July 2nd, uh, we will be doing a watch party with one of our subscribers. Our subscriber is the person who is actually going to select the title that we're going to do a watch party of. So stay tuned. He has uh, not done that yet. So just follow us on Twitter at Martini Giant if you'd like to know more about that. Uh, and if you'd like to uh, join us for the watch party, again, it'll be at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time or GMT minus eight. Uh, and we will be uh, doing that uh, at twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. Again, that is twitch.tv slash martini underscore giant. And that is July 2nd at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, if you'd like to be part of the watch party, just as our subscriber is, well, after you've finished following us on Twitch, we would appreciate your subscription. And when you subscribe, uh, that gives you an opportunity to be part of the watch party if you would like to do that. Uh, but for now, please enjoy episode 95 with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and The Sting. I'm very happy to hear see uh, my, uh, my near brother-in-law, Dave 3D Guy, and uh, one of my very best friends of all time, uh, Mick Mikey Man is here. Uh, yes. So we have the whole damn crew. This is, uh, this is quite something. And we have Absolutely. two great movies, two great movies to talk about. We do. These are some, uh, these are fun movies. Yes. They're not super intellectual, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. um, they're, uh, they're fun, a lot of fun. Uh, I, I have thoughts about these two films because they're this, the same two lead actors around the same time directed by the same director. Right. And obviously they go paired well together. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I often think it's just part two. Yeah, I mean, you think so? Like emotionally, yeah. it's a little bit of a yeah, exactly. It's basically the second film because well, we'll talk about it. I have a theory that I because I watched the. Sting. Oh, we should mention what they are, Eric. What are the two films? It is Doctor uh, No and Goldfinger. Doctor No and Goldfinger. I watched and, it. So. No, yeah, no, no. <laughs> it's uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, nineteen sixty nine and seventy three or seventy four. It's going to be the Sting. The Sting. Yes. 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 And I'm assuming that most people have at least seen one of these <clears throat> movies, but maybe they haven't seen The Sting. Yeah. Give us the roll call, guys, so we know if you've seen one, the second, both, or none. Right. Yeah. Uh, because these, are, a, these it, it, are movies that I've seen so many yes. times since I was a kid. Yeah. What if Welton is... Uh, I knew it. Yes. He's <laughs> more, he would know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dan, yeah. it's so good to see you again. And please don't say anything about my hands. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Mr. I, David Fincher. That's who it is. The, uh, the short story for anyone who doesn't know, the first time I met David Fincher, I complimented him on how large his hands were. True story. He was, yeah. um, I don't know, nonplussed is the word? Yeah, I think nonplussed. <laughs> he was sort of who was, who was Who was the, uh, you said something weird to an actress. Oh, I told Nicole Kidman she was tall. <laughs> I noticed. I noticed something. And Captain I Obvious. Yeah, that's a. And uh, gosh, no, there's another good one. Uh, I, yeah, I'm. If I'm prepared to meet a celebrity, I usually handle myself pretty well. But if it's out of the blue, oh, I told James Woods that he was James Woods. Yeah. <laughs> You're the that's person who I. Yeah. You're James Woods. <laughs> yeah, he, James Woods is not very impressed with this information. He was a little bit sort of. Uh, he was a little pushy about it. It's like it's I said, like, hey, you're Eric Sheely. No hey. <laughs> okay. So uh, the director of this is uh, George Roy Hill, right? Yes. George Roy Hill. Okay. And um, I would say that there is a, there is, there is one, one difference between these two is that one seems more melancholy than the other. I think that ultimately hmm. one is kind of a sad movie. Uh, they're both happy movies the whole way through, but one is kind of a sad movie. Um, and, uh, and it has a, it rings a little deeper for me than the other. Yeah. But, I know um, which one. Yeah. The sting. Yeah. Uh, it's the episode of Star Trek called the changeling. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, no, no. All right. Okay. okay. So, uh, guys, guys in the chat, please respond. Let us know which one of these two movies you have seen, not seen, or, or seen both, you know, one, two, or three. I'd love to hear your response so that we know what to get into on this. Because I'd look to seen, but okay, Dave's seen both. There, Dave's seen both. All right, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> okay, I see the hint of don't make the highlights so thick or the blood looks too blobby. All right, that narrows it down quite a bit to someone I must have been working with pretty recently. <laughs> I'm going to say Sebastian. Is that you? Sebastian. I believe it might be. Who knows? Wilt Sing. Yeah, he got yeah, it. Yeah, boy. Good to see he you. He got it. Good to see you, Sebastian. <laughs> yep. Now he's because now Sebastian gets to see my actual non-work personality. And um, hopefully it's Oh, are you a dick at work? I'm a you well, he can speak I'll speak yeah, I bet you I can imagine. I'm gonna say it's yes. <laughs> Flipping tables, throwing, yes. throwing I said ambient occlusion. Yeah, you can't like the problem with flipping tables when you work from home. It's self-evident. <laughs> yeah. But here I am. Here I am. Well, welcome, sir. Thanks for coming. I'm very, very psyched okay. to be here. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so, yes, uh, these two pictures. So, so let's uh, we do a little sum up on each one of them. Uh, do you want to take up the, uh, the Western slack? Yeah. So <clears throat> the Western one is definitely – so that one is the simplest of the plots. Yeah. It's a very simple plot. It's straightforward. Uh, it's straightforward. It's yeah. gorgeous, though. Mm -hmm. It's way more gorgeous, I think, than Butch Cassidy in terms of the filming. Mm -hmm. Like they've they've mastered the long lens in that shots in those shots. Yeah. Right? Oh man. Uh, there's some. The, yeah. There's You're talking about Butch Cassidy. Butch Cassidy. Yeah. 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 There's some. There's some. Uh, I don't know what they're using, but like that is some. That's some like satellite lens material. I know. Yeah, that's satellite. that's like they attached it to a telescope. I think it's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really it's, it is. Uh, it is absolutely <clears throat> gorgeous, and uh, definitely looks like they filmed a bunch of it in Zion. Because I can tell when they're walking in Utah. 
Yeah, lots of it, and most of it seems to be Utah. But like, there was some part where they're walking through the um, through a, a river, and you saw the big cliffs on either side. That's totally Zion. Um, and That's then when they're walking on the on those rocks, and they said they can't track us on the rocks. Right, remember that? Yep. That I'm pretty sure was Bryce. I'm not sure though, but specifically, I haven't spent a lot of time in Utah. Have you Have you been to Utah for commercial shoots, et cetera? I've been to Utah to go to Zion and so also yes Zion I mean Utah is some of the most beautiful western landscapes and I bet in the in the well in all the US right so I mean yeah. besides the Grand Canyon you've got Zion you've got Canyonlands you've got uh Bryce you've got Arches like Candyland like Canyon Canyon, Canyonland oh. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say no. There's a place in New Jersey. I mean, there's some amazing. The the yeah. slot canyons there are incredible. Like, there's a lot at, in 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 Utah. Um, yeah, not I mean, much the, drinking, but there's also it's a little a little. Although when little. I, I did, I went, I landed in Utah as a layover for a few hours and went to in Salt Lake to, City, Salt Lake City, and I went mm-hmm. to the bar there, and uh, they don't serve doubles. Uh, they serve. Uh, ones and a half. Uh, half? Well, meaning like a, it's like instead of a double whiskey, you can get a one and a half. Uh, but they, uh, they're like, we, we basically sell these, we can sell you two ones and a half, but we can't sell you two. Oh, you can't do a double. And I was like, that's a triple. <laughs> like that's an enormous amount of booze for you there. It's like, are you trying to get rid of all the extra booze? What's happening? But yeah, it was, it was really wild. Like they, they know how to drink in Utah at the, Salt Lake City Airport. They, right. I, I think that they should look into that here. Like, forget the forget the doubles. Just go straight for the double deal, one and a half. Double which is about deal, a pint. And a half. <laughs> it's about a pint of whiskey. It's right, much much better. Right, right, right. Um, but and some of it was Mexico. Hmm. I sent you the links to the sites in Mexico. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Were they, I assume they were shooting Mexico for the well, most of the back third of the film. Yep. Yep. Instead of going to Bolivia itself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they have some beautiful old art. Where Where did they go? Where was the 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 the, the Bolivia stuff? Was it in Mexico? You said. Is that what you just? Yeah, said? I, I sent yeah, you I was a Google they, map. Right. Uh, that's what you sent us. Yep. With the two locations. Right. The, well, prominent locations of the movie. Okay. So this is based on real events, which cast in the skin were real people. They were real people. Well, it's very romanticized, I'm sure. Highly romanticized. It was highly romanticized. Highly. Did you know this was the first time it, uh, a spec script was bought? Really? Yeah. Uh, so, and the, really? the, the screenwriter. This was is the first famous. time for $400,000. Right. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. Well, William what, Goldman. William Goldman. So, yeah, uh, yeah the Goldman, because I, I was just doing a little. Uh, I will just read. I made some notes because I was really interested in the title stuff and kind of those flashback scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the product of six years of research and infamous turn of the century outlaws. The screenplay sold for four hundred grand, the highest sum of money for a screenplay ever sold, and it was the first spec script. They paid them on spec. That's wild. It is a it is a kind of a groundbreaking screenplay. Like it's yeah. a really weird movie. It's a very weird it structured is. movie. Uh, and it manages to be like, have all the aspects of a Western while 
really being one of the first movies to totally deconstruct what Westerns are and what the myths involved are. Um, and uh, because you have like, you know, uh, it's around the same time you have, um, you know, all the Italian Westerns happening, you know, all the spaghetti Westerns and oh, you know, right. Sergio and all that, all, like all these guys. Uh, but those are like, those don't seem to deconstruct things. Those just sort of hyper enhance what they're like. They're like fantasy versions of Westerns. Yeah. But they're like fan fiction. F- they're, yeah, Westerns. exactly. Exactly. And so like they, they, they turn up the contrast <laughs> on the plot and they make everything as like operatic as possible, but it's still essentially a Western. It's not there to break what Westerns are. <laughs> Whereas mm-hmm. this is like, this completely goes against the grain uh, 100%. And it's one of the first movies to really break that in half. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think that go- it, it starts with Goldman's screenplay. And I mean, he's, he's a great screenwriter anyway, but like, I think this is probably his best, uh, best bit of work. I can't imagine like reading that for the first time and even being able to f- sort of follow it, given like how Westerns worked up until that point. So this one's very, very high on my, I love Westerns and this one's really, really high on my list. And like, it's for two things. One is it's got two of the hottest guys in town at the top of their game. And the other is that, uh, the screenplay is even today is like, I can't imagine that getting made easily, let alone like being prepaid half a million for it. That's really pretty wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, six, when was it? 69? You said it was made. 69 yeah 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 that was not they weren't raking that many westerns no it was pretty it was pretty dead yeah it was pretty they were winding down the whole western thing i mean like because in the 50s like the westerns dominate so hard that they're dominating even tv it's like superheroes now it was all yeah tv yeah you know it's just like the way the way that everything is now superhero stuff in the theaters and then you have now disney gives you superhero stuff at home because you don't have enough of it there like that's basically what westerns were in the in the in the mid to late 50s and that was just finally dying out uh and also the studio you know all the studios were dying too. the studios were dying because all the conservative stuff that they were making was no longer being supported by younger audiences at all yeah doris day movies and all this kind of jazz uh, and, uh, and so like, but that's what one... made America great. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's right. Make America Doris day again. That's what we want. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bob Hope musicals. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I love that. Stuff. I love all the on the road movies and all that. I, 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 yeah. I, I, but, I like, do too. I'm but you can sure. see like, you know, kids, <laughs> the kids of the day were like, like, I'm not doing pillow talk. That's not what's happening in the world. Like you get, you get Vietnam going on while you're trying to, right sell me uh you know a uh, houseboat and stuff like this it doesn't but what was interesting yeah you're right because this is what i find interesting right because i mean in when we've had this conversation several times but like in world war ii right they were doing escapism right so like the movie industry was about escaping they weren't doing hardcore stuff that that reflected world war ii that much right? right they only did that after world war ii but in vietnam they're like no we want to do weird zombie films and yeah, things yeah, that yeah. are reflecting our society. And, right. you know, so. Well, because uh, yeah. this, I actually just had a good conversation with uh, Dave 3D guy about uh, there's that one of the open, the opening episodes of the original Star Trek show. Um, there's like, it's like a two parter about how uh, Spock is trying to get his old captain back to the secret planet where essentially there are aliens that can use their minds to, make you live an illusion an illusory life right hmm. uh and uh and the captain because the captain is so 
badly in, like he can't move at all. You know, he can only speak through like basically Morse code. And, um, and, uh, and so Spock loves the guy and he wants to at least give him the gift of being able to imagine that he can be like he was when he was youthful. And, uh, so at the end of the, the, uh, two episodes, it's the captain and the woman that he met on this planet who in reality is, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, dreadfully, um, uh, injured in this horrible crash. And she's got all sorts of scars and all this kind of stuff they, they meet up and are together and go off and live a happy life under the illusion of what the aliens are projecting. Uh, wow. and, and I was like, and when Dave and I were talking about it, it's like, this is a commentary on what happened with world war two. Like you have these, these people that, uh, both on people that went to fight the war and people that had to stay home. Like <laughs> this is such a massive trauma that nobody knew how to deal with at all. And then they have to just sort of come back and pretend like everything is normal. Like just but let you know us know what, you know, what helped that though. You know, go ahead. And it says so much. It's the GI bill. Cause they essentially just paid off everybody. Yeah, just buy, yeah, exactly. Buy, they buy the houses, buy the ton of money, absolutely. They buy houses. They Which is the right thing to do. Well, it I is think the right thing to do. But you know, it's pay for college just, and all this stuff. But it's still just flooding people with cash. Yeah. And well, the thing is like we, the, 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 that movies tried to help maintain the illusion, like, all that pain is gone. Now you have a happy life. Right. And mm. so there, there's a, like they're building a myth around this thing when really there's like, you know, you know like there's, there's trauma and then there's war going to world war two trauma, you know, which is just, you know, for a lot of people beyond description. And so the horrors that are coming up for them are so you, you bury them. It makes them even worse. And so the, uh, when you see this in entertainment where it's like, musicals 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 pillow talk doris day like of course it's going to like like the kid the kids of these of, pe of people like that are like actually my dad keeps a bottle of scotch in the toilet and gets super hammered by the time that you know i even get to see him you know like it's of course they're gonna not want doris day musicals like their home lives are are oh, weird nice. broken messes you know beneath yeah. all beneath that veneer and so when you get to butch casting the sundance kid the idea behind it is there are Western myths of heroes that go and do great things. And then there's this, which is like, these guys are living in a fucking illusion. Like it's a myth. that's why they didn't show yeah. them dying at the end. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like they're going to get, you're going to have all the legend you're going to have all the quips and all the charm and all that stuff. But the entire time you're like, this is kind of a put on. What did they have many movies before that where they romanticized the villains? Yes, Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Mm -hmm. That was a big. Well, that was a huge breakthrough. Yeah, absolutely. But when was that? Sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Okay. And Bonnie and Clyde almost bombed. Uh, it was so early yeah. that it almost bombed. But then uh, Pauline Kael, who I also have negative things to say about, but this is one of the great things she did. Um, Pauline Kael from the New Yorker. Uh, uh, championed Bonnie and Clyde as like this is a great breakthrough in American film, and yeah. really, really pushed for that. people to see it. Yeah, and and that's part of what sort of cracked the foundation of the studios. It should have a huge, huge role in that. And this is definitely, I agree with Eric. This is definitely a, a product of that. It's very Bonnie and Clyde. -y. Oh yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> Bonnie and Clyde. You can, that's a good pull quote. Bonnie, Bonnie. and Clyde. <laughs> very Bonnie <laughs> and Clyde. It's true. <laughs> Right, right, right. Um, Clyde. Interesting. 
it's weird though to think about it like he got 400 g's i mean that's just crazy money that's insane he's a brilliant right he was oh, yeah i've read his books but it's like holy moly that's a lot of money for 19 yeah yeah like william yeah, Gilton, yeah. for people who don't know william Gilton, uh he is a very famous screenwriter he also wrote the princess bride uh, which right. people are right. But uh, my personal favorite screenplay by him is another groundbreaking one, which is All the President's Men. Uh, really? Yeah. Which yeah. is. He also like, did the book, which is Hel- uh, uh, not Hello, I Lied. What was it? Um, oh, this uh, uh, skin trade. What's it called? The uh, screen adventures. trade. Uh, in the yeah. screen trade. Adventures, yeah, which is yeah. great. It's interesting you say that because listen, I was you know I you know I I hadn't seen uh, Butch Cassidy in years, right? And I'm listening to watching it now, and I'm like, the dialogue is very simple, the concept is very simple, it's very mm-hmm. easy going. It's a buddy movie. It's a great movie. I'm not mm-hmm. d- dismissing it or saying it's simplistic, right? And then at the same time, Prince's Bride is has similar, right? It has mm-hmm. a wonderful feeling, simple message, very understandable, right? Right. All the president's men is not easy to follow. <laughs> it's um, like that is because well, um, the source material is exactly yeah. yes. But well, it's like, interesting that that same writer wrote at those levels, right? Yeah, but they, he's uh, a yes. research type writer, though, because he did apparently a lot six years of research. As I just said, well, the um, thing is, like, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I didn't mean to. Cut you yeah, off. but just for uh, Bonnie and Claude. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. um, Butch. Butch Cass, right? Yeah, I mean, because I and I think the the sort of through line of what you're saying there, Chris, is that the um, is that all of those movies, the thing that holds all those movies together is they all know what they're about. Like, there's no like, there's no flab on those movies, and they're right. sort of at different levels of density, um, uh, but they all have very sort of simple core ideas that they're really going hard after, and sometimes they use really simple expressions of that. And sometimes they use really artful expressions of that, or sometimes they use like all the president's men, which is just, I don't know if there is a screenplay like that. I like Zodiac is the, is the next, is the next closest. And uh, it's really hard for people to even get how that shit works. <laughs> like it's just insane because all the president's men, the book is a totally fascinating book, but mm-hmm. uh, the movie is only one half of it. Yeah. Like, they, they were just like, we can't, do anything after uh you know we get the goods on nixon like then there's no movie then you're just doing a you know a trial movie and you're waiting for then nixon becomes the star and uh and you don't want to make him a star you don't want to make nixon the star like nixon nixon should only be seen in shitty close-ups of the tv and that's it yeah he was hardly seen at all yeah he's a he's a force that they are up against he's not a person And uh, that he understands, like well, it's they were more going after the party and less the president. Well, they were they were going after like it's like with um, they're going after with, him. We have we haven't we haven't uh, done the insider on the show yet, but the insider is one of my all time favorite movies. And the brilliance of the insider is that it is on the surface a movie about big tobacco, but in actuality, it's a movie about integrity, and mm. it doesn't matter whether it's about the media or big tobacco or anything, the thing that that the movie is talking about is individual personal integrity. And in uh, all the president's men, it's like, they're going after this idea of like, of, uh, of uh, free speech and uh, our 
our, not just our relationship to it, but our responsibility to it via journalism. And uh, so they have, you know, they don't give uh, these guys personal lives at all. Like their, their, their concepts, right? Uh, Redford and, um, and uh, uh, Hoffman, like they're an idea of what reporting is versus an idea of the president. Right. And we're watching right. it play out in the details. And so when you get to a Butch Cassidy, like that's kind of the same thing. Like these are ideas of Western heroes and they're coming up against the reality uh, of time moving forward, you know, mm. and uh, and like in that sort of a reverse of all the president's men in that uh, the concept that they're up against, they can't they can't win. Like they, as people will be destroyed. They may remain as myths, but they themselves will be eradicated and they will lose. And, uh, and so the last, last moments of the film, you don't get to see the people die because the people don't matter. The myth. Well, it's the myth. It's about the myth. Yeah. The myth lasts forever. Yeah. You know, and they're, so they're defeated by themselves. Like that is the, that's the sort of the brilliance of that movie. And like, I think that the idea, like there's maybe one other Western at the time that was really shocking to people. And that's the wild bunch. That was uh, a big thing. Peck and Paul. Oh yeah. Fucking radical yeah. movie, a radical movie, uh, still radical today and, uh, uh, and upsetting and, uh, unexpected. Um, but even that, that's sort of like, that's too hard a movie for people. Like they're just like, people loved it. And they're, you know, like there was, it was, a, it was a pretty good hit. But it wasn't like Butch Cassidy because Butch Cassidy is a fucking charming, funny, yeah, because easy got, movie. Look, you got what's his name, Paul Newman. I, right. I know Robert Everett Tanzelville. Newman was the dude. Oh, I mean, the two of them together make up this super dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the most guapo film around. It is. It, oh, more, more, it's like the most guapo, the guapo est. Yeah, it's just right. ridiculous how much charm there is because, like, it covers all the bases. Because, like, Paul Newman's a little older, a little bit sort of like more, I don't know, like stable movie star kind of guy, super charming, great personality. Robert Redford is just a sex machine in this film, but he is fucking smoking hot like he looks great he's tough you know he's a badass he's fantastic and between the two of them like basically make up the perfect western hero the perfect guy you know and robert redford's right. a little bit dangerous he's a little weird you but know? that's the thing about once you get to the second movie they just count on that because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't explain really why Robert Redford was so angry to take because his friend died because they'd never established the, the relationship that deep with his older friend that was killed. Right. You know, and that's why he's going after Lonigan. Right. So it was just to assume it's a whole movie part two of just it's, the it's a charm. Like Ocean's assumes. It's Ocean's Eleven. He, yeah. Because they're so charming, it fills the screen and you assume he's angry. You follow along with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that is that is a movie about them as actors. Nostalgia as them as actors yeah. and just yeah. riffing on each other. It is Ocean's Eleven. Just Brady said it was Ocean's Carnival. Eleven and something else. I forgot. He, he's the, he's used two different movies to describe it, which yeah. was pretty interesting. Oh, we get. We, I have a lot of thoughts on that one, but like, like I think with uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance just to give the overall frame. Oh, he said it's Ocean's Elevens and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> it's spot on. That's spot on. Exactly. I love Dirty because like with <laughs> with with, uh, with uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, <laughs> not butter. <laughs> 
that not mother. mother? That <laughs> mother? Ruprex? No, Ruprex. That's not mother. <laughs> Don't bang your pots or you won't have any pots left. <laughs> <laughs> Oklahoma, 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 Oklahoma. Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Have you guys seen uh, Only Murders in the Building? Yes, I love that oh, show. Fucking love that show. Steve Martin, man. It's like he's finally come back around to comedy, and I love that show so much. And uh, it's just just flawless. Like I, like, I haven't liked Martin Short in years, and he's 100% back on my love list. I like, like, absolutely love this. Back days. in the saddle again. Yeah, so good. Anyway, with uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, you have Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and they are bank robbers. And, uh, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. They're basically outlaws. They are bank outlaws. robbers, yeah, but they're outlaws. outlaws. But they're kind of in the film specifically. They are highly romanticized, right? Yes. And um, I guess we'll go over the plot <clears throat> because that's our thing. So, uh, at the beginning of the film, by the way, at the beginning of the film, the whole thing is done in this sepia tone for mm-hmm. the start, right? And then slowly turns to color at at the end of the. Uh, character introduction, right? The character. What, what a fucking terrific opening scene. Like, what a yes. weird, great opening scene that is. Yeah, go ahead and describe it. When he is, uh, when you see Sundance Kid, Paul, uh, rather, uh, uh, Robert Redford, Robert Redford. Pl- playing cards, uh, right. and this guy accuses him of, of cheating, cheating, right? Mm-hmm. And wants to get into a gunfight with him. And it says, uh, it says, I'm a good, it says, you're a really good player and I'm a really good player. The only way you're going to win is if you're cheating. Right. So, and so Paul Newman has to step in. He's like, comes in and says, like, Hey man, I think there's a misunderstanding. Right. Right. And, uh, and Robert Redford's like, uh, what's he say? Like, uh, uh, ask me to stay and I'll go, which is a great right. line. Ask me to invite us, invite, invite me to stay, stay. invite me yeah. to stay and I'll go, which is incidentally, the theme of the movie right. <laughs> like you talk about it like yes. this is like it just lands it just tells you this is what we're talking about and now the rest of the movie and right. uh and the guy's like i don't think i'm gonna do that and so like it's about to get on into a gunfight territory and paul newman hints that this is the sundance kid he is up against it's like guy. it's like it's like oh come on sundance like he tells him and he goes wait 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 are, are, are you the Sundance kid? You didn't tell me this is the Sundance kid. I'm not kidding. So what? Yeah. And the dude backs down. He's just like, please stay. And he goes, sorry, we got to go. You know, got to get out of here. <laughs> uh, and it's such a sick power play. It's ridiculous. Right. Uh, and the guy, but then the guy asks him just the last minute. He's like, how good are you? And then he, like, before he can finish the sentence, he's shot his gun out of his hand and, and shot it's it like, across the floor. Across the floor. <laughs> and, like, yeah. yeah, it's very, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's, it is the, like, it's the story that you know is going to get told throughout the West. Right. Like, yeah. And what it also tells you is that Newman is the brains and the talker. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and, and that Sundance Redford, is, the, right. is the doer. Yeah. yeah. He's right. The doer. He's the heavy. Yeah. Right. So basically he's the firepower, et cetera, et cetera. But what's interesting also is like, you know, okay, so you have this 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 power play between the two of them. That's 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 pretty good. And Butch Cassidy, right? We also find out that's not his real name. Obviously, Sundance Kid is not. Also, I'm sure all of you guys know this, but just in case you don't, the Sundance Festival is named after Robert Refford's yes. character in <laughs> this movie. That's right. That's right. Right? Just so we keep that straight. Anyway, um, 
uh, anyway, so uh, then they just they 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 leave, and that's when after that character introduction, it turns to normal color, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of an interesting little transition there. And they go to visit their gang, which is mm-hmm. what's the name of the gang again? The Hole in the Wall. Hole in the Wall. Which Hole is, in the Wall gang. Which is ahead, the Eric. name of the uh, charitable foundation and camp in Connecticut that Paul Newman started. Oh, look at that. That's the hole in the wall gang. Yeah, it's kids who are dying of cancer. He started something in the 70s, and it still goes on now in Old Lyme, Connecticut, and it's a camp where kids can go I and be that. with their family. Oh, my God. That's, a, that's where my mom used to live. Yeah. Old, awesome. uh, the hole in the wall. I'll get the link for everybody. But the hole in the wall um, foundation. I, I, have, uh, I, I really, really love Paul Newman. I love Paul Newman. <laughs> like everything yes. about that guy. I love that guy. Yes. He was quite And, so, and throughout the, the movie, the chat, throughout the movie, he keeps, uh, he keeps uh, getting, eating salad and asking if anyone has any salad dressing. The whole time. <laughs> it's true. Don't touch that. <laughs> Which is why he started uh, his own salad dressing <laughs> brand, right. the, the Newman's own yeah. uh, salad dressing. And for, and for Redford, he was trying to set up a crouton company, but it just didn't catch. So he made movies instead. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's in, in Ashford, Connecticut. Okay, not in Old Line. No. Hole in the Wall Gang. Yes, and like, and I also just want to quickly credit the opening titles of this movie with the uh, the old-timey footage is terrific as well. Like, there's so yes. much good stuff. I won't keep interrupting with it, but there's so much great stuff in this movie. It's insane. But that cl- old-timey footage is clearly not real either. Oh, yeah. So. It's all, it's all, yeah, like all this stuff is like, everything about it is both real and unreal. Right, and what's funny is because they say this is a, this really happened, right? This or this is mostly true, is what he says. Mostly says. true. Yes, they mostly serve true. twenty thousand seriously ill children and family members each year. I love that. Yeah, it's awesome. That's, That's right. pretty amazing, and impressive. I do like it when they guys do amazing things for. Yeah, like it, like Paul Newman. Yeah, we, we've Redford. talked about it a million times, but I always want to say like, it doesn't like it's a. It just, it's a disappointment when actors are idiots or jerks or bad people. I just, I don't really care. It doesn't really make any difference to me. I, I'll watch people's movies, whether they're jerks or not. Um, but it is nice when you have someone like Paul Newman, who's like a really fucking good guy. And that's the reality of it. Like it, it helps me enjoy Paul Newman's other stuff. Yeah. The badness doesn't detract, but goodness, all it adds. And his yeah, best performance was in silent movie. <laughs> But what an astonishing human being for doing this, man. Oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's great. Really something, that guy. And Robert Redford did a lot, too, obviously. He did a lot oh, of yeah. things. Oh, yeah. And he's well. in, no, like epic in indie film. He is responsible for the popularizing indie film after uh, it exploded in the 90s. And, yes. uh, and he made, he made in the concept of indie film, he solidified that as, a, as, a, uh, as, a, as an event um, that everyone should take seriously and affected everything after it so you know huge props to that dude and uh, and also he like he also is very much uh, to, to be credited for both the writing and production of all presidents men as well he wasn't just acting like that's what he really wanted to do himself very critical right. guy right right, right. um so uh let's see now uh so they go run into the hole in the wall gang right and uh those guys seem to be like oh you're you're back. And uh, Paul Newman or uh, Butch Cassidy says, well, all right, here's our plan. We're going to rob a bank, right? And the guy, uh, this really big guy comes out with his huge voice. He looks like, he almost looks like, uh, like Jaws from, uh, from, the, <laughs> yes. from the James Bond films. Right, right. 
right? Uh, big guy's like, no banks. He says, we're going to rob a train. And they're like, but, but no. That's not the, the plan. No. That's not the plan. Banks have money and they don't move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? I'm the and leader like, of this outfit. Yeah, exactly. I'm the leader of this outfit. And he's like, you're not the leader anymore. I'm the leader. And I was like, what? And so they have this whole discussion about, you know, who's going to be the leader. And uh, I mean, how it seems to be like stepping away from, uh, yeah, yeah. from there's going to be a Newman, fight. Right? Yeah, there's going to be a fight. And like, how is Paul Newman, a little dude, going to beat this yeah. enormous guy? Enormous man. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, he was Lurch, Lurch from Is Adam's that the family. Jaws guy? No. No, it's no. Lurch from the Adams Family. Uh, yes. Yeah, he's oh, Lurch from Adams that's Family. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yes. He was, you rang. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and so he says, well, what do you want to do, uh, 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 knives or uh, guns or knives? Guns or knives. Like, what? Yeah. And it's like, ah, it's like, all right. And he's like, I guess we'll do knives. And so he, he takes off his shirt. He's got a knife in his hand. And he says, all right. This is really funny. I mean, obviously, funny, so good. funny gag. But he says, all right. It's like, we're not starting until we, uh, we establish some rules. <laughs> and the guy says, there's no rules rule for, for a, a knife fight. fight. For a knife fight, and as he says that, he approaches him and just kicks him hard in the balls. <laughs> no rules, okay. <laughs> no rules, boom, and then he kicks him hard in the balls, falls over, and then uh, he says, "All right, start the fight." He says, "One, two, three, start," and then he just smacks him in the face <laughs> and knocks him out <laughs> because he's killed over from the, of the ball kick, which is funny. Yeah. So then all the other guys are like, "We were with you the whole time. <laughs> we were with you the whole time." I have to like, look it up. But there was one guy with this big smile. I've recognized that actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, smi the smiley. The guy's reading the thing, right? That yes. Guy? Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, Newsy. Isn't his name Newsy? New Newsy. Uh, yeah, no, that's... that. I, I believe he was also on Star Trek, uh, I'm going to say. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing here, but I think he was on... He's the guy who had kept all the, the news clippings. Yeah. That's right. Let's, let's let's let me see if it's right. the same guy. Hang on. Uh, they uh, called him Newsy. Newsy. Uh, news. Yeah, they called him News and Butch... Cassidy. Uh, there we go. Come on, you can do it. Uh, come on. IMDb, you're the worst. I complain every time. News Carver, William Carver, News Carver. Okay, who plays him? That is, I just want to see if I'm right about the Star Trek thing. What is this Star Trek thing you keep talking about? I'm on Star Trek today. I don't know what that is. I'm, uh, today is you're more than usual. I always try to add a flavoring of Star Trek, but I have a lot of, I'm touching base a little bit too much. Let's see. You're a big Star Trek guy. I'm a big original series guy. I do not. How many episodes total in the original series? 73. Dave's m much more on point than I am. About yeah, it's, it's less than, it's, it was only like, how many seasons? Like three seasons. It was 79. three seasons and. Uh, 79. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an absolute um junkie for old star trek i think that i like the first two star trek movies i, I love the first two star trek movies and after that star trek is kind of a man <laughs> like no good shows no good movies there was a couple of good ones i there guess was a couple in next generation there was a couple of good ones there yeah there are there are individual episodes of next generation and deep space nine uh that yeah. are quite good i will like i was thinking that. about remember the one where Picard dreams of an entire life that he has on a planet so that that one's amazing. That's a great with the flute. Yeah, that's a great yes, one. The flute. That's a, that's a brilliant one. There's a, there's a great time travel the one. Car. Uh, he wasn't the guy that I was thinking of. Is that not him? My God. 
I can't Wait, what are we talking it's about? It's not him. We're, we're look at the Star Trek him. angle. Oh, so yeah, no, it's not. He is. Uh, yeah, I thought it was the guy who could change his face on Deep Space Nine, but it is not him. I've thought this for years, and now I'm proven wrong. Live on the podcast, what can be done? Star Trek embarrasses me all the time. This is nothing new. Anyway, we could talk about the movie. <laughs> We can. We can. Well, that's fine. People know what we're doing. People are up with it. And hi, Alan. It's good Alan to see Stella's you, buddy. Here. Yeah, there we go. Uh, yeah. Good to see you. Uh, okay. So we will do a separate. Every, now Trek everyone episode. in chat is talking about Star Trek. I, I didn't. I didn't mean. I didn't mean for that to go. We will. I promise. We will do at some point a global Star Trek episode. Maybe we should do the me. movies, like the Search for Spock, or yeah, we'll like, do the movie, know. and then we can just talk about all Star Trek. And like, Eric is just going to be like, "Ugh, fuck this, like, uh, yeah, dude." Yeah, I, I will. I have actually Dave through. I have never this, seen but, any of those films. The first movie is a masterpiece. The second movie is an action masterpiece. What? The Wrath of Khan? No. That's a, the, Star, the, the, Star Trek. Star Trek. The motion, motion picture. picture. Yes. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. I saw Wrath of Khan. That's about it. Yeah. Wrath of Khan, Wrath of Khan is an excellent action movie, but it's nowhere near as good as the motion picture. The motion picture is, an, is, a, is directed by Robert Wise and it's a mm. science fiction master, masterpiece. It's the Search for Spock is the one where they, with, the, with the whales, right? Yes. Which is a yeah. good, fun episode of TV that they made into a movie. It's a good, yeah. fun movie. I like that movie. Did they use uh, 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 transparent aluminum? Is that what they used? Yeah. Maybe they, like, thing is, I don't want to. Like, so I don't want to use the Star Trek Four. It's a really good, good movie. It's like a Mister Mom of Star Trek. <laughs> we used to uh, used to joke about that when we do ArcViz, and we would see things constructed that made no sense. Like, what is that built of? Transparent aluminum. Transparent <laughs> aluminum. And then look at that. See the future. But yeah, no. I, right. I, I will lead you through that, Eric. Don't worry, we'll get there. You'll 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 say that first movie is great, and the rest of it's terrible. Okay, so anyway, Robert Redford decides <laughs> that he's now the, the boss and they're going to rob a bank, but then they, he suddenly agrees with the other guy's idea and they do it anyway. So they do decide to rob, rob a train anyway, mm-hmm. right? And it's the goofiest train robbery I've ever seen. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, this is a, it's almost Blazing Saddles. Goofy. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's silly. It's like it's so it's, – it's almost camp. It's almost camp. Yes, you're right. Yeah. And, and they're, uh, they're arguing and it's charming the where he oh, talks like it's to great. them. It's great. Yeah. No, no, no criticism. I think it's hysterically funny. It's yeah. amazing. So they, they arrive and they basically know that the, like the middle car is the one that holds all the money or whatever it is. So everyone's held up. They, they pretty easily stop the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go to the middle car and the guy refuses to open because he's very loyal to his boss that owns the, the railroad. <laughs> but Mr. I can't, Harriman. Mr. Harriman will fire me. Yeah, oh, Mr. Man. Harriman. Right. And who was, what was the name of the guy in the, in the car? He's oh, it's the same. Uh, uh, Wood, Wood, Woodcock. 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 That's right. Woodcock. <laughs> my name is Woodcock, whatever. And then so finally they like, is that you Woodcock? <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> and so uh and so uh so they go so they they tell him like they're gonna blow up the door so stand back and he's like no i refuse to open it and he's like all right well just stand back because we're gonna about to blow up the door and so they blow up the door he's obviously injured but not dead right mm-hmm. from the explosion and like are you okay <laughs> and, and shell shocked <laughs> but they was no like, he was oh, pretty he, beat up dude but his, no, he's, his, yeah, his makeup dead. was great yeah, yeah, he, he his makeup was really good, but but he's like, but then Paul Newman is like, man, you're really crazy. You should have stood back. Well, you should have just opened the door. Like trying to sympathize with Woodcock. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> like Newman's the one who blows him up. Yeah, he's, right? he's the one who blew him up. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then they open the the uh, the safe, and it's you know they get their money, which is not much, but they. Uh, 
they they take the money and the next scene is hilarious is it's nighttime and you see the marshal trying to rally up a posse to go get them and not doing a good job of convincing anyone to join the posse like he's just struggling struggling hard <laughs> for him to join the posse which is really funny uh and they're like we're well, gonna be it's like they're already out of town like the levin's like it's like that's why we got to go now let's go let's go let's go and they're like and then the camera goes back and you see that they're uh, on a balcony at, right there. they're on a balcony of a oh. saloon and they're just watching this posse trying to be formed to get them even though they're right behind <laughs> they're right there <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. uh so so yes it's hilarious uh oh and mcgregor says the guy who played woodcock also voiced yukon cornelius from uh oh Randolph? yeah yeah from um rudolph Rango? the red reindeer oh, so remember Rango. nothing remember that guy with the, uh, the pickaxe and he's always he's always digging around oh gold. yeah got the beard yeah yeah and yukon cornelius see yeah, i could go mcgregor my other brother-in-law. Nice. <laughs> I have a couple of brothers in this chat. It's pretty good. All right. All right. All right. Uh, okay. That's excellent. All right. So now those two, um, where was I? Right. So then they're at the, they're basically at the s- saloon slash whorehouse, typical thing that you would see in a Western. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're drinking beer and they're patronizing with the madam. Um, and all goes well. No, the posse never gets formed. They get away scot free. And they're selling the bike. Well, uh, yeah, the, the dude steps up on stage and says, I have oh, right. to say about this, we're getting this posse together, and then just starts advertising a bicycle. Because <laughs> the, the, the future the future is here, which is a bicycle. Forget about the horse. That's right. right. Like, oh, wait, are you trying to uh, sell something? It's like, well, yeah, you got everyone here, so I might as well try to sell this. Well that man. was great. Exactly. Yeah. That was really and nice. the bicycle becomes quite symbolic in the movie. It does become symbolic for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, the next scene is uh, Robert Redford says, I'm off. I'm going to go find uh, a woman. Uh, Not too picky, but, you know, she's got to be smart and pretty and uh, kind. And like, like, like all these lists off all these things. And then he goes to uh, the next thing is you see a house. And what's the name of the actress again? Who's Ali McGraw? Is that Ali? No. No, it's, no, not. it's, not. it's no, the other not one that I mixed up from Allie McGraw. Yes, because yes. I. By the way, I sent you the now. link to the house in Utah. Oh, that's awesome! So that house that is still there, right? That yeah, would be a fun thing to go. Yeah, that's what you, you sent us. Yep, that's the house. It's exactly the house. Let's see. I'm, I'm embarrassed in, that I mixed in, up. Let's see. Not Allie. Uh, Catherine Ross. Yes, uh, yeah. Catherine, Catherine Ross. Ross. Yes, I. I this is not the first Scott time. Scott Ross's uh, stepmother. There you go, Catherine Ross. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah, and it's right near Zion. Okay, so it makes right sense. near Zion. Yep. Oh, okay. Next time I go. So Zion. for the Martini Giant hundred episode at anniversary, we should go there and broadcast live from Zion. Oh, I would, <laughs> I would, I would do that in such a hard. Yeah, I like that. That's yeah, 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 fun. I'll do it. I'll yeah. fly out there. Does yeah. anybody in chat? We're going. To, we're approaching our hundredth episode. Uh, yeah, and, sometime uh, this year will be our hundredth episode. Um, we are. We are and, looking for ideas. For to ways of to anything this. that we can do celebrate well, obviously one of them is that we'll get together because we're always in three separate places mm-hmm. but uh we'd have to figure something out but uh also figure out what we actually talk about on our 100th episode yeah but we uh have all ways to contact us uh say via twitter 
and yeah. via Discord, if you wish to join our Discord. Uh, and things yes. like this. So please yes, do that. Yes, yes. That's, that's, hit, that's advertisement number one of the two you'll be experiencing during this podcast. For sure. Please, please join our Discord. <laughs> yeah, please join Discord. And, I'll and buy some t-shirts. <laughs> and buy, buy some t-shirts. Okay, so... Um, Let's see. Where was I? So he, he goes to, it's not Allie McGraw. What's her name again? Catherine Ross. Uh, Ross. Catherine Ross. Catherine Ross. Right. Yes. And she is uh, uh, all alone in her house. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, this is, a, this is a weird one. This is a great think, scene that's very weird. Yes. It's a terrific it's, scene. And it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting. Yes. So he is sitting on the edge of the room. He's got a gun pointed at her. And she is. She's like, a school. She's a school mom. Right? She's a school. She's a school teacher, right? Yeah. Right. And so she's startled by him, and he says, "Don't mind me. Keep going." Like as she's undressing, right? Yeah. Like has and a gun and is saying, "You know, yeah. take your clothes off, basically." Yeah, and it's just very, very creepy. And he's yeah. like, "Keep going." You're like, "Oh fuck!" But Butch Cassidy's a bad person. Bad, bad person, right? And then she slowly gets more and more undressed. And then he slowly comes up to her and she looks terrified. He starts hugging her and like grabbing her. And then he says, and then she says, why do you always have to be so damn late? Yeah. And they've known each other for years. <laughs> and known each other for years. Yeah. And it's like, how oh, that's kinky just... little thing they do. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, it's, like it puts the weird. audience on edge, man. Every time, we, especially with modern audiences, when you watch people that haven't seen that, like, they're like, where the fuck is this going? This is a really fun movie. <laughs> but all yeah. Of a sudden, yeah. It's a yep. great, it's a great scene. Very off-putting scene and excellent. But, it, but even thematically, it, like it challenges, it's, it sets up in your mind, like it challenges what you expect from a Western hero. So it brings this dangerousness and badness into your mind, even though right. that's an illusion and uh, right. that maybe things aren't as they seem sort of comes up as a, as a flavor in that scene uh, that rides with the rest of the movie. It changes that, that scene isn't just a good gag. It is a good gag, uh, but it changes the feeling you have, or at least I have about the movie as it goes forward. Like now I don't trust the movie as much, even though it's yeah, but there's also, stuff. there's also a thing that, when Robert, uh, when Paul Newman shows up, you get the sense that they split her. Yeah, yeah exactly. Her. Yeah, at least in in like, and maybe not in a, a literal way, but there's definitely like there's one is a marriage and one is a one is a is a date is a yeah just getting on situation. Love, but she she's very affectionate with him, and it's she, almost she like Newman. something. Yeah, there's something happened. Yeah, well, and it's okay. So, she says it pretty mm -hmm. much. Um, but anyway, she's basically, anyway, so what happens in the morning, the, he wakes up, they're both in bed and then Paul Newman shows up outside the window riding the bicycle, which is yeah. hilarious. Yes. Right. And doing and some pretty, pretty good stunts. I have to say it's not easy to do on a bike. Not all of them were her stunts. I definitely noticed the stunt man who did some of them, but he did yes. a lot of yes. stunts. Yep. Definitely did a lot of them. Um, and, uh, but Paul Newman was always a fairly athletic and physical yep. person, right? I mean, yep, he was sure. a big race car driver, right? Yep. Yep. That kind of stuff. Right, so. so anyway, so he's just riding around on the bicycle and he's singing. And then she goes outside. By the way, to... do you like the singing? <laughs> I, I hate it. Oh, and that's why well, I like it. <laughs> uh, okay. So, so Burt Baccarat, we should say that did all the music, right? <laughs> Uh, and the big song that they sing for the whole bicycle sequence 
is raindrops keep falling on my head which is yep. a very famous song in this movie like this yes. and this particular and it's a very 60s song very yeah yes yeah, yeah. it is it is okay uh i do not like that song at all but i love it in this movie because it is so fucking weird to have it in the movie it's iconic and strange because yeah, the, the sequence... music gets worse well, as I can't, you're going I, along. yeah i mean the, the music is um is what not marvin hamlish did he do the no burt bachrock burt Bur Bur bachrock did all the music all of it yeah oh, yeah man okay oh, yeah there you go so, so like, that yeah, like, oh, don't bump bump I would never in a million years remove that music from this movie. Like, I oh, no, no, no. It ruined the movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, you need this goofy ass out of music. Control. Yeah. It's really fucking strange. And, it, and it's off-putting. And, and I don't like it. I would never listen to it at all. Yeah, but it, it, it adds a weird layer. All this acapella stuff. I don't know. I kind of like it. Like, yeah. Well, being that it's like, I like it because it means that movie, right? So, like, yeah, it's like it's so iconic because it doesn't belong there at all. It's it can only be in this movie. Certainly not in a western. Yeah, it's like this doesn't belong here in the slightest, and that's why it's really memorable. Yeah, and why are they singing a song called "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head" and it's like bright and sunny? Right. Yeah. yeah. Everything is everything's weird about that. I don't Rain drops keep falling. Oh my god. That fucking okay. sounds terrible. Uh yes, and he was in the spy who shagged me. Uh <laughs> yes. Yes indeed. Uh, yes. I do remember that 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 sequence. Uh thank you, Dave 3D, for reminding us of that. Now, anyway, so burp. Okay, so you, they are singing. There's a long sequence, kind of a montage, shall we say, of Paul Newman on the bike with her and she's on the handlebars of the thing and they're goofing around and flirting with each other like they're old lovers, which is strange mm -hmm. because she just walked out of being in bed with Robert Redford, right? Um, and they're, he's, he's doing all kinds of strange stunts, like, uh, standing up and on the, on the, on the seat and, uh, Riding by uh, backwards, and it's very goofy, 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 right? <laughs> and, he, and he says, So, what's he saying? He's like, uh, Never hit your mother with a shovel that leaves a bad impression on her mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic, it's fantastic, right? And then, at the I mean, the whole thing is you know, like a montage that's going on with that, mm -hmm. with that song playing, like, and I mean, literally, the whole song is playing the whole mm -hmm. time, so it's a long sequence, it's a bicycle based uh, music video for Burt Bacharach. <laughs> in the middle of a western in the yeah. middle of a western <laughs> yeah it was it was really i forgot how much uh i disliked that yeah oh it's 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 but Darren. it's the thing yeah. remember like it's Absolutely. a very iconic thing in that yeah. in the movie you know it's not right? like i a lot of people feel this way uh like i feel this way for instance about the use of modern music in django unchained like there's like rap music and everything like that which i think is absolutely fucking great it's incredible but it really is so discordant with what is with, with right. what's happening that it just knocks people out and so i feel the same way basically about what they do here i'm just like what, what is this cheese ball 60s nonsense doing this excellent well, what's the, what was the other one they did with the, they did um uh with marie antoinette Oh, it's great. It's Marie Antoinette. Yeah, the movie. It's a cool And book, then which they did fantastic. that. They did like the 80s 
What if my track? That has one of my yeah. all-time favorite needle drops, uh, like top five needle drops of all time, is when she finally marries Louie, and it cuts to the celebration and all the shit's going up in the air and everyone's cheering and all this stuff, and it hits the opening track of Disintegration by The Cure. It's like, but down! And I was just like, holy shit, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. So yeah, I'm, I'm into that stuff. But Burke Backrat isn't very good. <laughs> He's no The Cure, that's all I'm saying. Well, he might have been the cure of the time. Maybe He's so. I'm, maybe, I'm, I'm being a little unkind, I know. But uh, it is horrible and annoying music. And that's why I like it so much. It, uh, it really makes a mark. It leaves an impression on my mind. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's a weird scene. But yes. at the end of the scene, when they finally start talking, she says, do you think that you and I would have been together if I met you first? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and so they're not together together, but they she's clearly, interested in him. She, she loves clearly him. she she loves both of them. Yes, in she different ways. Both of them. I think with, yes, I think with Redford, she loves both of them. She just happens to be sleeping with Robert Redford. Yes, I think that the way that she loves Redford is a verb, and uh, and it is a noun for Newman. That's right. What I think. Yes, both very important. And then, very important, uh, and also. What's interesting is that she definitely seems to be the second smartest, or the probably the smartest of all three of them. The actual smartest person, yes. The actual she is. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Right. Right. So, so, so Robert Redford is not the brightest one. Yes. There. But he's the best Sometimes. shot, and in that world, he's, that's the most important. That's exactly. the most important thing. Right. Like he's the he's the real deal. You know, he's not that bright, right. but he really is dangerous. He's a dangerous person. Right. And Paul Newman is not so good at anything physical and right. uh uh but is he's got the big ideas right, right. like uh, like they keep on saying just like you keep like sundance keeps saying like you just keep thinking butch that's what you're good at yep yep so uh <clears throat> anyway um then they go oh they decide right sorry they decide they're going to rob another train right mm -hmm. and they rob the same train uh and they knock on the door and he says, I'm the blah, 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 I'm the, the so, Mr. So, and he says, Woodcock, is that you? Woodcock, how the hell are you? And so finally Woodcock does open the door, but he's banged up the hell from the previous term. Time. Uh -huh. And, uh, and, and now, uh, they've, now they've locked up the safe so tight that they have to use extra explosives to try and blow it. Oh, well, no, Newman says, give me a lot more explosives. It's like, why yeah. do you have to go and do that, New, uh, Woodcock? He says, well, he got in so easy last time. <laughs> and so now he makes it. He's like, ah, get me a lot more dynamite, a lot more. At which point they blow up pretty much the entire car. And all the money yeah. just flies into the air like, <laughs> right. like shot out of a T-shirt cannon. Yeah. Right. Um, and it just goes absolutely everywhere. Uh, uh, anyway, so that, that, that's the big thing. And so it's all, it's all seems like a big joke. And then suddenly there's another train that approaches. Then something goes wrong. Something, another train approaches and, uh, it only has one car on that train mm -hmm. and the car opens up and these riders come out and start going after them. So they all try to get on. It's like, the forget way the money, they just run. Was, <clears throat> the car was so <clears throat> out of this world. Oh, when they jumped out? Yeah. It was... Oh, yeah. The horse is like, man, it's like the horse cannons just shooting horses out of the car. <laughs> <Shooting horses. laughs> yeah, it, it reminded me of like, uh, what was the, 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 the dark riders in, in, uh, in, in Lord, of the, Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Nazgul yeah. could chase them down. Yeah. Basically, yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. 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 It's for true. sure. 
Um, okay. And so, uh, anyway, so they, uh, they all, they all just book it. Right. And they try to get away and they try to separate themselves. Like there's, there's, there's the two of the guy, two of the guys in the gang got shot or at least two. And then, uh, 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 Butch Cassidy and Sundance kid uh, are together. And then two other guys, and it says, let's, let's go separate, let's separate so they can split them up. Right. And so, Butch and, and Sundance go in one direction, the other two go, and then they the guys immediately just follow Butch and Sundance. Like, what's wrong with those guys? Why don't they follow those guys? And so they keep trying to get away, get away, and these guys are just trailing, catching up to them, catching up to them, catching up to them. Relentlessly. Relentlessly. Yeah, it's, it's the best part of the movie. It's so yes. fantastic. Yeah. Well, this is the scene where they're like they're in this massive Western landscape and they keep having these wide shots and then these super long lenses where you see like these people in the background in this mountain or in like this canyon, dots. like dots, <laughs> yeah, but there's dots. clearly, uh, it's so, it's so, uh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, and what's, and like, so the, like the, you rightly pointed out, it's like they go deeper and deeper into the Western landscape, right? This is the right. idea. Meta metaphorically, this is the idea. Yes. Right. And, uh, and at, the, at any point, like the way the scenes are playing out is like, this is the scene when we introduce the villains that are going to hunt them down. And then the good guys barely escape because they know the land so well. And then they regroup, but that's not what happens. Like they, get away and they get away and they get away and then half the group has to run back to hole in the wall and they get away and then it's just the two of them and they're like okay we outran them no, no. they're still coming okay we gotta go 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 and they, and go, they keep go. saying who are these guys who, who are these who guys, are these guys? Who and they're starting to like think they're about like who the fuck could this be? right and they start like right. like there is a force that is that is coming for them that is not stoppable like so this right. is the, the this is a major turn in the movie because like yes. this is where the movie breaks from Western continuity, like in plot continuity. Uh, right. And it says like, there is like the people, like the guys that are after you, LaFors, you know, uh, the other guy, the, um, you know, like put the greatest tracker in the world. Like, right. You're not going to escape this. And this Mr. is where Baltimore, something Baltimore, like Lord Baltimore. Right? Lord and Baltimore. so Lord Baltimore, like this is, this is it. Like yep. we've introduced something that is the Terminator and it's coming for you. And it's in, it's inevitable now. And so it lights yeah. the fuse on this concept of like, there's no place that they're going to be safe. They're going to end up facing death. Like, yeah, that is, that's what this is now. It's death is coming for them. And that is that. And the rest of the movie, they are trying to deny this fact. Yes. They deny they it do. all the way to the very end. To the dude. very they deny, end. They deny it completely. Yeah, they, absolutely. And so yes. we'll, we'll we'll get to how they how that plays out. But basically, they. I'm trying to get a little fast forward because I know that Sting is going to take longer to go through because mm -hmm. uh, it's a little more complicated. But um, uh, so they 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 join up with her at her house to get to her house finally like i don't there was a couple scenes where like they keep getting away they lose their horse they like they're on foot at this point <laughs> they're climbing on the top of this fucking climbing out of mountain <laughs> end, and then yeah. they, they end up jumping off a, a, a cliff into one of a my river. favorite scenes ever yes yeah great and, scene yeah and and they're like yeah, I think yeah, I can't. So I just like, what? We'll just jump. We'll just jump. And Rick's right. just for like, no, I'm not. No, we're gonna fucking fight that out. And he's just like, why not? God damn it! 
I can't swim. Right. <laughs> it's like he just has to admit it. And yeah. Jump like oh, this mile. The, the jump, jump, he's like, well, you can either not swim or you can die because these guys are coming. Right. right. And so they get down the river, they go down. And then somehow, even though who knows how freaking far and how many days they've been riding into the wilderness right. after jumping off a cliff and going down the river, they end up back at her house on foot. They go back to her. I mean, it's but Luke. They, do, they're, they are great. exhausted, dude. Though yeah. you could tell. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been. Yeah. It's been I mean, many they've days. only walked a hundred miles. Yeah. or yeah, something. Like, it's like it's been many days. They're totally like it's just so it's beautifully silly that that's the only thing they know how to do. They're just they like go back to her house. They go back to her. Like, what do we do? Like, they're like little kids. They're like yeah. absolute little kids. Just what we and do, then she. <laughs> and so then they decide because Robert Rever's been having this idea uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. So their their only cho- choice to get out of here is to uh, to escape is to move go to Bolivia. Oh yeah, Newman, New, Newman's idea. Newman Newman's like, yeah, well, you go to Bolivia. It's gonna be we'll great. go to Bolivia. Okay, I heard uh, they just okay. have uh, we can rob banks galore. It's nothing but banks. Though. Oh, and there's and, the, and the, there's so much uh, gold coming out of the ground. The banks are That's rich right. or whatever. Right? That's right. Good. So this like is a. His idea, right? And so I figured they were going to go across Mexico and down Latin America to Bolivia, Mm -hmm. but no, they go to New York, another (laughs) photo montage this time, right? It's a photo montage of them in New York. Living it uh, up. Living it up (laughs) with, you know, wearing their, 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 their formal wear and fancy hats, everything, get on a cruise liner, right? Like, you know, like Queen Mary or whatever Mm -hmm. to go to Bolivia. Right. And they are dancing and eating yeah. fancy foods and heaven it's, just, it's fantastic right and this glorious. matches the style of the the montage matches the projected movies that we see during the credits but that's the actually right. Right? <laughs> those credit in opening scene I, I was reading that's actually stuff they shot but then decided just to make it the title sequence it's brilliant it's brilliant because like the the minimization you mean of the gang of yeah, like the, the the intro when you're seeing the credits on one side and you're seeing the projected footage and you hear the projector like, and they're showing here's footage of the whole wall gang, right? Like it's newsreel, right. right? And it's and, supposed to make it look like this is the real hole in the wall gang. Right. And Robert right. Redford, so it's a fantasy. It's a fantasy of the fantasy. Yeah, really, exactly. That's what right. it is. And and the tone of those opening credits is very removed and sort of sad. Like it's this like look out look at this old sad shit you know it's like it's an old movie it's being projected there's not a lot you can't get close to it you can't you're not in it there's no emotion to it it's just sort of an object right that you're looking at and then so when you get to the uh, the bit uh, once they decide to go to Bolivia and we are ne- now we're in that movie right and so there's a there's a weirdness of like wait a minute so the last time I saw this this was sort of looking back into the past. And all the thing they're everything they're experiencing is essentially the future of the world. New York City, trolley cars, the Lusitania or whatever it is. Like yeah. this is this is not the West anymore. Like right. they're they they don't know it, but they're running headlong into the future that will destroy them. Like they're having a party because it all seems so great. But where yeah. they're gonna end up is Bolivia. And so like there's a really nice tonal construct where it sets you up to feel like as happy and fun as this looks we've already shown you that looking at this stuff is sad so it's under there and everything they're experiencing is out of stroke with what westerns and western heroes are agreed you know but i was reading too i just want to quote is that that the sequence penned by goldman and shot as a scene 
that appears mm-hmm. later in the movie was revised and made into a title sequence. Oh, that's great. That's great. I love hearing this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, because then, then, then that's um, uh, uh, George R. Hill, like really knowing what they need to put there. Like we need, we need something that sets this up. Yeah, and it says that it does. Uh, George R. Hill exploits the existing tropes of the western, winking knowingly at his audience while delivering a tall tale. Yep. yep. It's interesting because I was reading this guy has a great site. I always watch. And I'll put a link to it. Is that the typeface used is called hobo? Uh, yeah, that's typeface. Right. Yeah is used in the credits, bears its own legend. According to the stories, it was sketched in the early 1900s and sent to identification to the found, with no identification to the foundry, where it languished in production for so long that it was called the old hobo. <laughs> That's so wild. That's funny. That's really great. Yeah, man. Like, it, there's, there's a weird... I know, um, I'm I'll put the going... link to this. It's wonderful. There's a site I, I try to go to a lot, but I, I, it's called The Art of the Title. And it's just mm. genius. Oh yeah, no, you've sent me this link before. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. It's really brilliant. Uh, I'll put it in put for everybody. Back. Yeah, it's great. Like because this movie is weird. Around this time, like watching this again, like this movie uh, reminds me a lot. It's sort of like the really fun, happy version of the assassination of Jesse James. Yeah, like, it's like it. This is the. But how this, great is that movie? Oh my god, it's one. That's one of my all-time favorites. Like I, I uh, yeah, like Jesse James means even more to me than this movie. I, I should probably movie. watch it again tonight. Oh man, so good. I'm I'm going with a Dave 3D guy to go see that at the New Beverly on the third. Oh, that's my old neighborhood, dude. It's gonna yeah. be fucking fantastic. That movie on big screen. Oh Jesus, that movie is something else. If people haven't seen that or listen to our podcast about it, check that out. Yeah, it's, listen uh, to our podcast about it. It's it like something. it's the movie that you look at and go, and if you haven't seen it, you're going. Why the hell have I never heard of this movie? Yeah, why is the isn't this listed? Constantly? Why is it so it's, like uh, forgotten? It's like it's probably because it's got the worst title in the world. <laughs> exactly, um, but it is absolutely amazing uh, and s- incredibly beautiful. Okay, let's get back to 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 them in Bolivia. So they arrive in Bolivia, and of course, after all this glorious fanfare, great time, yes, right, great right. times. Uh, they get to Bolivia, and it's at they're at the uh, at the Trains, not the train station. Yeah, they're at the train station. And it's like complete shit show and just wild it's, animals. It's just, yeah, exactly. It's Cats and dogs. Living but but some, some of what's funny about it is like, there's clearly a small village in Bolivia. They have to have gone into the port of Bolivia. Or like, sure. Like, so, but somehow to them, it's like, they got off the boat and landed yeah, at this teeny in little of, village. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and it's, it's like, like so what, is this, what if this is the most amazing place? To it's just... <clears throat> Very, very fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's exactly like this. This is, has nothing to do with reality at this point. You're, you're nothing. like, you're, you're in the landscape of their failure. Like, there's no way that Bolivia is going right. to match what Paul Newman believes it is. And so, and Bolivia the irony, of, of course, is that this is supposed to be a true story, which is so it's it's Mostly it's true. not. It's, it's, it's a myth. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, one yeah, of, it plays the it, play, it plays the Fargo gag, right? It is. Yeah. It, it is. The, oh, absolutely, yeah, dude. It is the, that's the, the beauty the of the true though. story. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really great. So they slowly get into Bolivia and they start uh, robbing banks in Bolivia, mm-hmm. basically. And uh, she starts to notice that things are not going to go so well, and she decides I'm going to leave now, and mm-hmm. she leaves. Um, and uh, they start to get into more trouble as it goes, and basically. It catches up with them. The gang f- 
kind of either the gang came to find him or the Bolivian government find that it's mm-hmm. not quite clear in the movie. Right. Uh, they both who, who right. But they're 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 having lunch and then suddenly the police arrive or and they like they are held up in a inside of a room. Yes. Right. Right. And then the police is uh, they they shoot a bunch of people. They run out of ammo. This is a, it's a great shootout scene. It's a, one yeah. of the all time best shootout scenes, uh, obviously. But they run out of ammo, and Robert Redford runs out to get it, the rest of the ammo off the back of the horse, and almost gets shot several times. Mm-hmm. Takes out then they they keep taking out more and more of these uh, of this the army. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, about a hundred more people show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this right? is the, this is the infinite boss level. <laughs> the infinite hundred people show up, and there's full of them. And so the best, this this is obviously the thing is like, okay, well Bolivia didn't work out, so where do we go next? And they're like, I got an idea. How about Australia? It's like Australia. Why? It's like I know it's far, I know it's far, but they all speak English there, and you know there's all kinds of opportunities in Australia. You know, and they just, but yes, it's like this is bullshit. You know, like, yeah. just like, this is absolute nonsense. What are you talking about? No, and no, then, no. Butch Cassidy is the slowly, one who suggested it. Yeah, uh, no, no, um, uh, Senate uh, Skid, right? And then just like this, and then slowly he starts going, they got this here in Australia. <laughs> it's just like, right. buy into the thing anyway, even though it's like, yeah. he knows it's more shit. Yeah. And, like, that's, that's the thing. It's like, he needs to believe it. He's like, he knows it's nonsense, but he needs to right. believe it, which is the movie. Yeah, right. that is that is the well. That is, it's that also the it's friendship. Like. like he's just they're like brothers. They're like that. Eh. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In a very in a very literal, immediate way. Like that's that's this is how they relate to one another. And in a in a global way, this is why we have myths. It's like this is not real, but we need to believe this so we can get through our fucking lives. Yeah, you know, like the, we are we are up against death. It's not going to change. Fucking Lafors is coming for us all. So we do yeah. have to believe in. Uh, Australia, like we need to, we need to believe this is real. It gets you to the next, yeah. It gets you to the next thing. So, so they feel okay. Now we just got to get out of here and go to Australia. So, I don't. You're not. It's not quite clear if they don't realize that there's a hundred people out there, or if they're just completely denying it. Uh, but they burst out, <laughs> and it's one of the best freeze frames of any film ever made. Yeah. But it's, 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 them. Not, they knew that they just, oh, yeah, right. I mean, they're, they're, aware. they're they're I think they're still surprised by how many people there are, but they know that they're dead. Like, right. They're, and so no it freeze out. frames on them bursting out gorgeous shot, which uh, by the way, in case you didn't see it, Eric made one of our uh, uh, posters of that exact freeze frame with Dan, Eric and I, it's still stuck in the house. Uh? No, <laughs> uh, and it's really hilarious. I, I think uh, this is maybe top five ending shots. Maybe. Uh, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It's 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 iconic. Like it's probably the most iconic thing in the whole movie, right? That everyone knows. And then second, probably the bicycle scene, which is yeah. weird. Like, but it's uh, it's just such a it's such a perfect encapsulation of exactly right. everything the movie is saying all at once. And the it's, execution is beyond belief. Like yeah. that is, so, they zoom out and they zoom out and they zoom out. And you're just like, how fucking dense is this photograph? Yes. Yeah, it's just insane. So exactly. So, so first of all, they come out, they freeze frame on it, mm-hmm. but the sound continues and you hear hundreds of gunshots. Yeah. 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 That's fun. 
and then they obviously the freeze frame is a little blurry like you mentioned i never really noticed it until i was like oh shit they they really zoomed in to to this to this so it basically zoomed into the shot itself right and then they like expand 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 and then you see this very very wide shot and them being teeny in there which is also surrounded Yep. surrounded by all these people which is also again like the, the the idea of zooms and wides and tight and 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 uh telephoto in this mm-hmm. film is in terms of cinematography is fantastic absolutely and it's it's fantastic. all it's so brilliantly done it's really it's sort of shocking sometimes even by like actually i would say especially by uh to standards where we have and this has got me an old old man out for a second like uh-huh. I don't think we could do this today. I don't think there's maybe there's maybe two or three cinematographers in the world who could handle this movie the way that this was handled. Like they would, they, they would. You can do it. Like you would not do that. Uh, like, it, like can you imagine Netflix trying to make this movie? <laughs> like, they could. They would throw a ton of money on it. Yeah, but it's they just could. Like, I mean, come on, Buster Scruggs is a Netflix film. It's true. Not, it's true. I'm not no, saying it's this. I'm not yeah. saying it's this. Like the, but... I think I would say that Buster Scruggs uses the, the poverty of Netflix's artistic concept, uh, its uniformity against Netflix to make a statement, and I think that that's actually quite clever of the of Coens. Um, but uh, like, like Buster Scruggs is shot according to Netflix rules, and it shows. Um, mm. But they also like the movie is largely about the transition from of folks like them to into, into the, into the, the, you know, the magic dust of the universe. Like this is like, that's, that's a swan song of a movie and they know it's on Netflix. They know Netflix is the future. And that's why so much of the movie is dedicated towards like essentially fucking people over in business. <laughs> like right. that's what Buster Scruggs is about. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and so like something like, uh, uh, which the science kid is a very romantic vision as to what movies mean to us, like the classic format of really shooting with great lenses on great machinery and a classic film. This is a movie that does this and not that there aren't great looking movies today. There are, there's loads of them. And Roger Deakins shot half of them. Wow. Yeah. But, he but did. Didn't he? That's yeah. crazy. But there's something really uh, old school technological about this movie that is part of what the movie means that you can't separate it. By the way, I've just added my background as the. the... Oh, you did. Yeah, it looks great. Look at that shot. Yeah. There, there they are. Look at him. I think we also get killed. <laughs> we also get killed in this. I'm pretty sure we also get killed in that. We also get killed. That's a great uh, film. Do time. you guys realize, uh, Dan, that 10 years ago we were shooting VR ARL? Hmm. It's about time we made another. Ten years ago. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, I, but I, maybe we'll make it about Martini Giant instead of about V-Ray. I think that's an excellent idea. I think that the I just saw that Chris Stuckman, one of the most popular internet film reviewers or YouTube film reviewers, uh, was able to raise a million and a half bucks for his kickstarted movie, uh, and studios got interested. Now he's got real big time actors in it, and it's gone from being a film critic to a film maker, just like Truffaut. Just like Truffaut. Yeah. The Cahiers du Cinéma. That's right. Yeah. Or if okay. I, let me see if I can, you, you speak French. Do I fumble this? Le 4 à 5 Q. Le 4 à 5 Q? Le 4 à 5 Q. The 400 blows. 
Ah, ah. les 4 à 5 U. Yep. There you go. Right. So there you go. I think that's a wonderful idea. 10 years, eh? Ten We did years. a good job with that thing. <laughs> We did do a good job with that thing, and I think I'm going to try to find a way to keep the magic going in some way. Magic it's thing. complicated. Thing, things that things at chaos are, are it's not that they don't want to do it. It's just that uh, you got to realize when I started at chaos, not 10 years ago, uh, mm -hmm. like eight years ago, um, they were about just under a hundred people. Right. Yeah. What and are they now? Now they've, uh, they've merged with another company and acquired another company and probably going to keep going. It's my guess. Uh, there's over 750 people in the company now. Holy moly. That's chaos. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So their priorities for doing a V-Ray IRL two are not there right now. They're, they're completely changing. Yeah. So <laughs> they got some other plans. We got a new CEO. It's yeah, like, right? you know, it's returning into a big corporation now, mm -hmm. which is interesting. Are um, they getting into um, um, uh, games for Android? No. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to make money, man. Well, they've got some very, uh, the new CEO actually really, really interested in, in getting to know him because I think he's really, he's a German guy. Mm -hmm. Pretty interesting. So, awesome. but good. I don't, I mean, listen, Vlado and Peter are stepping down from their roles. I think, you know, after doing this, they've done it for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I think they're okay to step down and oh for sure yeah no they yeah. they put it I mean Vlado is going to still be doing the innovation lab which is great that's what he wants to do he wants to start programming again and goofing yeah. around you know yeah, get get his hands in the mix I understand that for sure yeah. I mean he's not exactly going to be goofing around but you know, yeah. you know what I mean. so um, anyway uh, where was I okay so uh, yeah that's an amazing uh, film uh, absolutely uh, loved it uh, like I said it is not deeply intellectual is movies, but in somehow there's some feeling that you have at this movie that makes you feel incredible, and it's just yes fun. because it's the lead actors. Oh well, that, well, are we talking about the first one or the second one? Is that, like, start, well, talking, kind of both. The second one's both. an attempt to, to get the magic from. Well, because I, I think that the greatness, like the lead actors in Sundance Kid, are a part of its greatness, whereas in mm -hmm. in uh, the Sting, they are its greatness. <laughs> like, right like they're unstoppably charming and like i you know this thing could exist or not exist and i would still watch these guys hang out and and, and do this like they're just they're just fantastic together which guess in the sentence kid is of itself a a perfect bit of american cinema it's incredible uh and this sure. thing's then this thing is a blast i wouldn't put it quite at right. the same level it's a good yeah, movie. Wait, very good movie. yeah but it's Ocean's Eleven. It's Ocean's Eleven. I think it's Ocean's Eleven. You hit it's Ocean's Eleven, and it's Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. That's a brilliant <laughs> point, uh, Brady. That's a good one. Very, very smart. He came up uh, with that on his own. I was like, it's yeah. right on, yeah. right on target, right on target, right on target. But that's uh, that's a downplay of that movie. That is still a very. I, I always get a kick out of uh, the Sting, but I usually watch the Sting before I watch Butch Cassidy. Yeah, I did the it's other step, way It's around. a step down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a step. It's I did the other way down. around. It's a little bit of a step down. And you know what's why it's a step down to me? And it's not necessarily – because it's a it's – a, listen, it's a story about con artists, right? Mm -hmm. And I like con artist films. 
Love it. I, I think I, we all do. Yeah, I'm entertained. I'm entertained by the <clears throat> cons, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, but it's not as rich. Like it, the cinematography isn't as rich. The landscapes, the the world is feels. Ironically, the world feels faker, yeah. even though the world in Butch Cassidy is super fake. It's super silly fake. Yeah. But, it, right. but somehow you buy into it. Right. And now right. And I will, in, in Sting's defense, I think that part of the charm of the movie is that the movie itself feels like the put on that they are later doing in the movie. Yes. Right. Well, it, it does that all the way till the very end. So yes. like, oh, they're in it the whole so time. Yeah. Right. So there's there's a level of our sort of the, a joke on artificiality that's happening. But like in terms of like, that's a good concept. But in terms of actually watching it, it's like it feels like a mid 70s TV movie. Sure. Which one? Uh, the Sting. Yes, because the art direction. Yeah, which is flat. It's all. Yeah, yeah it's flat. It's flat. It's, this it's TV very stuff. flat. Right. It is loaded with TV stars. I mean, outside of Rob, yes. uh, Robert Shaw, it's got like fucking my favorite Martian and, uh, you know, God, who else? Ellen, uh, Eileen Brennan, you know, and it's people like this where you're just like, you're fully expecting. It's like they're one set over from the let love boat the whole time. Like, that's like, this is all, <laughs> like, this is just, this is obviously backlot all the time. They just got off. They just shot their episode of Star Trek where they're, they're using, you know, like the, a piece of the action. And then now, who's uh, the guy, who's there. the guy, who's the guy it's, uh, who does the, who calls the horse races? What's that's the, oh, that's yeah, the it's Ray, Ray, Ray Walston. Yeah. No, right. it's Ray Walston. He's my favorite Martian. And, right. uh, and he's like, yeah, he's in a million right. fucking movies. Like he's, he's, uh, he's oh, yeah. deck Pappy in Popeye. Yeah, like, and who's awesome. the, the cop? The cop is who she's, oh, it's uh, Charles Durning. Charles, who's and, amazing. Yeah. Right? One of my favorite uh, character actors of all time. It's also a Tootsie. Let's see. Yeah, the dad. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. So, uh, you know, what's funny about that film, right? Is that the first time I ever saw it, believe it or not, mm -hmm. it was, I was in Hungary, believe it or not. I was a kid in Hungary and I was with my, um, my uncle mm -hmm. and my mom was out to dinner with someone. So my uncle, and I was young very young and somehow he was on hungarian television <laughs> that's okay. amazing watching the sting right. on hungarian television is, is and so my but it was it was dubbed into uh into hungarian mm -hmm. so my uncle was translating it to me into english as it was going on right oh my god so is he reading from a ticker tape the whole time? Kind of. <laughs> and so, so I, I remember that. And at the end of the movie, he goes, well, I guess we've learned you, you, you kids have learned how to, how to rob banks or, or like how to be outlaws or whatever. Like right. that movie taught you how to be an outlaw. Or <laughs> so and, I was, and I was like, uh, okay. It's like, that oh, was fun. I mean, oh, it was yeah. a fun movie. Oh, it's a blast. This movie's a blast. And like, they're obviously having a really, like they're having a really good time. And Making I, for sure. like, I feel like the, the, the key difference, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with Eric. It's like the, the art direction, the photography are just sort of like as, 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 you know, as flat as can be like, that's, that's as, like, that looks like any episode of Kojak, uh, and during the same time period. Um, but the, uh, but the thing that's actually missing when you talk about this or, uh, Bush and Sundance is that there isn't really a theme there's not a deep theme being talked about in this thing. Like it's just the gag and it's a great gag. It's a super, super fun gag. And these guys are real stars. 
Uh, but the entertainment value of the movie is, uh, is like candy. You know, yeah. it's just like cavalcade of stars. Yeah. It's like, this is a really tight, really fun, uh, tightly packed, uh, bunch of it's, it's just a blast, you know, and you're there to watch everyone do their shtick and they do it. A plus doesn't mean anything. Not really. doesn't really add up, you know, whereas right. at the end of a butch has in the Sundance kid, like you feel like I just watched something way deeper than it seemed. You know, like yeah. it, it punches way above its weight. Whereas this thing is sort of like, it's, it's flyweight, you know, it's like, it's doing a fun, it's a good, well, it's a good when one. you get that many iris wipes and page curl wipes, it gets a little thick. Yeah. You're in the weeds. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Um, and there is no backstory. There's no real motivation for his character. Right. I, I just revenge, but it's like, you don't, re- it's like they didn't really know each other that well. Yeah, um, because and they're so depending they, upon your love of them. That's right. That was the whole. That's why it's an Ocean's Eleven kind of vibe, right. and uh, it's fine though. But how many how many people in chat have seen this thing? Just so I know, if because it, it gets complicated. Just yeah. let me know if you haven't seen it, or and if know. you've seen it and you love it, don't take it like I hate this movie. I love this movie. It's an incredibly fun movie. It's uh, just when you compare and contrast to the other one. It's, it's just, man, oh man, that is night and day in terms of like, did you did you eat a meal or did you eat uh, a bag of uh, uh, Dippin' Dots? <laughs> you know? yeah. like that's that's right. Dippin' Dots. <laughs> Dippin' Dots. Yeah, like this. Like this is the this is the latter. And if you go with it in that in mind, it's like it's fucking hilariously fun. It's hilariously fun. But there's no stakes. There's just no stakes in this movie at all. Yeah, and uh, like I love Robert Shaw. It's great. Robert Shaw is almost in a different movie. Like Robert Shaw is like I came here to act, and everyone's like, "Oh, <laughs> oh okay, okay. I, sure, I guess you can do that." Because we're all just goofing around. <laughs> but if you want to act, that's, that's cool. That's cool. You you do your you do you, Robert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're probably too drunk to know either way, so it's fine. It's he okay, was. Okay. He is. But he was another one of those actors who just filled the room. Oh, he's oh one of God. the greats, one of the absolute greats. And like, and also he's a novelist and a playwright and like that guy's incredible. Um, and he died but, like, yeah, yeah. Like even he's a, he was a severe alcoholic, but he died uh, at like 50 something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he looked old. He looked a, a very old 50 something. Like he was, he was really, his body was really worn out. Um, by the point he went, by the point he died. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's one of, like, he, he brings so much gravitas to anything that he did, you know, and that's why Jaws works, you know, like er, Jaws is incredible all across the board, but with him as Quint, you're like, okay, it's real. It's a real movie. Like we, I, I can trust this movie. And he, and he right. grounds the entire emotional uh, base of the picture. And like he, he, I can tell that he wants to do that for this thing. You know, he's really well, he was much more it. closer to the character of uh, uh, the Taken of Pelham One Two Three. Yeah, I like that he's character. Close, oh, he's great. close. Yeah, yeah. Because like that, that was that, that movie that punches above its weight. Exactly. In fact, right. I just rewatched Pelham like last week, and I was like, I, I, people know this movie, but I don't think people give credit to this movie. Like, this is a much, mm. much better film than people imagine it to be. Like, it really should be frivolous, but it feels very, very real throughout the whole thing in a really strange way. I, I love, I love Pelham. Pelham's incredible. Okay. But yeah. But anyway, like, that, that's the thing with, with this thing. You're like, you're, it's like, this is backlot stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So Sting takes place in the 1920s. Uh, it's got a very uh, thematic theme song mm-hmm. and music that is played throughout the, 
whole thing. Yeah, that's Scott Joplin style. style. Which yeah. is kind of um, uh, what you call ragtime music. Yeah, yeah, it was a big deal though. Yeah, the, the, sting, the song of the of the sting or the theme song yeah. of the sting was like what? Yeah, do you have any steakhouses were started after people watched the sting? Like the 70s, it was just like all you know. I owe this movie a debt of gratitude, my friends. Let me just get some more booze while I go get my beefsteak Charlie's T-shirt. Hold on, please do absolutely. Okay. Um. Okay, so uh, wait, do we need do we need to take a break? No, we can take a break right now. If that's right. No, we can't because at least two people have to stay on to have a conversation. <laughs> I'll wait for Eric to come back and then I'll take my break. How's that sound? Oh, we can't take a we can't take a uh, an ad break. We can take an ad break, but then you'll be all alone and people who aren't. I uh, like I can't blather. I blather all the time. You can blather by yourself, but you're not going to blather. You need to. <laughs> what do you think I do when the show's not running? I'm still talking well, to myself in a empty room. <laughs> we, I, I tell you what. When Eric gets back with his t-shirt and his and his drink, then I will set up an ad, and then I will take um, all right. myself that sounds, a drink. That sounds good. I'm wondering with kind of myself gotten though. I'm really excited to find out. I haven't found the Michelada ones yet. Oh, so that. good, dude. So I got to go. Well, I, I guess you have to get them on the Amazons or whatever. So. Yeah, no, I ordered those, but I, I but um, uh, McMonkey Man can back me up on that. Those things are delectable. Like that is like, that's an honest to God, Michelada, Michelada. And I, I was, uh, I was a big fan. But, and I would say like, it invites putting lots of stuff in it, just like you would with a, you know, a, um, a, uh, what do you call it? A, a Bloody Mary. Uh, but it's right. uh, it's a it's a great drink. It's a really great drink. We're talking, by the way, about yeah. athletic, um, non-alcoholic uh, beers and Michelada, which um, we are not sponsored by, but we endorse heavily. Well, we like to endorse things uh, until they start pissing us off because they're not sponsoring us. Not we... talking about anyone in particular. Lacombe, Lacombe, Lacombe coffee, <laughs> which I believe Lacombe coffee comes from Brooklyn. I'm, Those I, motherfuckers I'm... were not cool enough. That's yeah, it. Yeah, I know. Um, They're so hipster. It's way too it. hipster. They're gentrifying their goddamn blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's all right. We'll keep on rocking. They'll come, they'll come knocking, and then we'll have, the, uh, we'll have the ability to say, oh, I'm sorry. We, we drank you for the first year. <laughs> right. <laughs> we didn't hear anything. We're responsible yeah, yeah. for half their business, I'm quite sure. Uh, I don't know, man. I think they're pretty popular. Yeah, I think they're doing but okay. Not my, not my, not <laughs> and they're thing. still delicious, damn it. They're still delicious. They're quite delicious. They're still delicious. <clears throat> I don't yeah. want to get into this thing until Eric gets back. No, I I, I, what I'm really looking forward to is when he starts talking about the end of the movie when I'm just trying to introduce the characters. That's usually what happens. <laughs> Let's do it. It's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, and then this happened. It's like, well, what I don't like is when the end, when this happens, like, wait just a minute. A second. <laughs> it's like this whole thing, like both these movies have very, you know, sequentially, they have to sort of do things. I do want to note someone, uh, Eric is back, which is cool. Someone noted, Dave Duty said, in 1991, the DNA, the DNA testing of the bones at the Bolivia burial site approved that the remains were not from Butch or Sundance, so they possibly survived. Ah. Which I, yeah. Well, I they made a sequel. What was the sequel about? I can't even remember. Butch they and made Sundance a sequel? Yeah, Butch and Sundance, the early years. I, didn't, I, have, I, I did see it. It's not them. Uh, I must have seen it when I was like 23. I don't remember it literally at all. Uh, it might be a, it might be a great movie, it might be a great film. 
Like I was, uh, I was, uh, I was not in my uh, filmic mindset when I saw it. I was just like motherfucker, yeah. Which is how oh. I them, so. Jason says that La Colombe really grinds his beans, which is pretty hilarious. Oh, okay. Jason. Yeah, that's right. That God was a good one. Them. And and please, La Colombe, send us a case. We'll talk more. We'll talk we'll positively talk. again. We'll talk. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, Sting is, how does it start? How does it start? Does it start with the whole street street thing? Yeah, it's the gang. They the, uh, the, 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 the guy got stabbed and that, that whole shtick is the opener on that one. Yeah. Right. A con. A con. It's They're a con, con and a con, man. There's a con and a con, right? right. And so basically, uh, Robert Bradford cons this guy <clears throat> can't into, con a con, man. <laughs> to, to, into taking $5,000 to someone special, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And says, you know, take it. And he goes, and he says, and here, you can have $100, but you take this $5,000. And you hear it saying, it's like, no, but you got to hide it all. Here, give me your money too. And he hides it all into this handkerchief. Right. It's a pretty cool little con. Yeah, it's all this handkerchief, and it's like it's like now, now all your money's here. Now you keep it, and he says, and you put it in your pants like this, and he puts it down his pants. Yeah, uh-huh. he got it, and he goes, yeah, and he says, okay, and he gives him back the handkerchief. And it's like okay, put it in his pants, and the guy thinks he's just gonna walk away with a walk bunch of away money. with five thousand dollars, right. but then he opens up, and he's like, I just got the easiest five thousand dollars ever, and he takes it out, and he realizes paper. all the money is gone. Yeah, all his money is gone. That money, including his money, yeah, exactly right, including his money, and he's like, oh shit, I just got con. Now they, Robert Redford looks at the money that they stole and realized they stole a, a shit, a ton lot of money. money. They're like, it's oh. not just a couple hundred bucks or twenty bucks. They stole like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, five thousand. This guy, yeah, five thousand bucks. No, it was twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, twelve thousand dollars. Right. Yeah, because it was, what I did yeah. today was I reread the script, which I oh, recommend okay. for everybody. And it's it's weird. It definitely is. It's written like a, a Ocean's Eleven. Sure. Right. Right. Like because there's no for like. Sure. You're just kind of bouncing back, cut to a smile, a wink, yeah, right. yeah. a smiling wink. <laughs> I know who'd be perfect for this role. <laughs> this girl I've been seeing, she's a waitress, but now she's an actress. She'd be perfect. She'll play a waitress. I always felt like the woman that was at the at the counter who was going to kill him was mm-hmm. like, I, I was like, I was like, wonder if she was dating a producer, but it was oh, sure. Yeah, that's the, you, you know, that was an actress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, the women was, were not super, super hot in this film. You no, know, no, like nobody. Everyone's it's the thirties, dude. Well, Kansas it's it, more. More importantly, it's like this is all you know. Uh, stock TV actors fill your roster. You know, right. like so. It's just like yeah. Dot com. We got the movie stars we can afford. We already bought them. So all right. I'm not gonna we okay, got hold the on. stars. I need to use the restroom. I'll be back in a few minutes. I'm actually you know what? I'm gonna do the ad. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do, guys. Uh we'll do an ad uh real quick. Sorry, we'll get back to the sting in a second. We'll do an ad for a bit. Those of you who are subscribers uh will not get an ad. So you'll hear Eric and Dan ranting. Mm-hmm. I am actually putting in our Discord. Uh, uh, sorry, in our chat, the Discord link so that you guys can uh, check out our Discord. So please go ahead and check that out. Um, and then you can, uh, we'd love to have you on our Discord. If you'd like to subscribe to us, we would love uh, that to happen. You can actually get free subscriptions, uh, one free subscription through Prime if you want to do that. But we'll be back in two minutes uh, and, uh, and then we'll continue on this thing, but just hang tight for a second. So. All right, so it should there be starting go. an ad in a second, and I will be back in a few minutes. And All for right, 
All right. And for everyone who is still here, uh, there's uh, and is a subscriber and goes to the Discord, you can become part of the Subscribers Lounge, which is a secret part of Discord where we talk about all the good stuff. So that is also an option. Uh, and it, I, I basically have that up all the time. Uh, and so people have hit me up at like two in the morning and I'm still I'm still there to talk Miami advice anytime you want. So there you go. That's guaranteed. Guaranteed. But so you read the script. Yes. And I'll give it the link to everybody. That yeah, sounds it good. Was you know why? Because I just saw it again like two weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not going to pick up anything new, or I will, or I won't. I don't know. I was just like, yeah, what if I just read the script? Right. And so I did, and it was kind of fun to prep for a show uh, by just seeing a uh, reading the script. Yeah. What is your favorite script that you've read? Whether or not the movie's any good. Uh, the favorite script that I've read is probably, okay, here it is. I got it. Hold on. Yeah. That's it. I'm not sure what I have for favorite scripts, but like, actually I'm, I am a big fan of, um, uh, the screenplay for alien, which is one of the, which is so bare bones. You can read about eight minutes, but it's really, really, uh, it's really tight. It's really interesting. That I love. And it just says everything. Let me get the screen here. Hold on, folks. Can I see it? I don't know if I can read that. Can I read it? That is The In-Laws. Oh, hell yeah, The In-Laws. Original script. I love it. That's fantastic, man. Alan Arkin and uh, Peter uh, Falk. Shelly, you were fantastic. Crush the crackers to get the grease. If I could just make a movie in my dream, it would be like that or A New Leaf by with... Walter oh, Matthau, yeah. Yeah, which I've been talking yeah. to this guy, and I just was like, who I mentioned earlier, and he loves that movie because he's old enough. And um, that's a great uh, movie, man. Elaine May is one of one of the fucking champions. She's my favorite. Yeah, Love she's her. so great. What a, it's such a weird movie, and fucking yeah, Matthau is amazing. But it's really just great. totally that's the kind of humor that undertone. Like, oh, Bo, you must be going mad. He's like, we have tree blight on the property. I don't know what to do. It's like, oh, Bo, <laughs> so what funny, do you man. do? What oh, do you, you must do? be going mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, like if, it, I, it, it, for me, it's pure mockery of how I grew up, but it's, it, it's definitely fun. It's such gold, dude. Yeah, like anyone who doesn't, doesn't know who Elaine May is, look up Elaine May. She's amazing. She was a, a director. She is a director and writer. Um, and uh, she did a bunch of stuff with uh, with uh, um, Nichols. Mike me. Nichols, yes. Mike Nichols. And, uh, and part, Nichols and May. Nichols and May, partner up for quite some time. Um, and uh, yeah, The In Laws is, is just some of the best modern slapstick around. Like, it is a absolutely idiotic hilarious movie and you have between you couldn't have a better pairing than uh uh than those guys like uh, arkin and uh and uh um, shelly you were it, fantastic oh man shelly you were fa- i just want to say that this is just a, like, and i tell you this guy's on, his daughter is marrying my son said, this weekend well thank you thank the you, flies man. the flies are enormous and they're just carrying kids away i've been reading the National <laughs> Geographic for 20 years i didn't know oh anything God, about that so, so, and the, and alan arkin's straight face no matter what is coming at him I don't know. Oh. <laughs> like he's panicked I wish the whole I had time. the photos, but oh, fortunately God. I had a jacket that got martinized and the film was in the pocket. <laughs> oh, too oh, bad. God. Yeah. Peter Falk, man. Heroic performance. <laughs> Last one. You're the guy that 
was the first guy to use the drill that spritzes water. Well, one of them. <laughs> well, one of them. That's right. Well, one of them. The, and, yeah. This script, by the way, he wrote straight through first draft. Oh, it's incredible. That's a Ferris Bueller it's moment. Like, yeah, like a Ferris Bueller was written in this in one setting. Yeah, it's just incredible. And like, and by the way, for people who... Uh, you, know, you don't or, need to do anything else with your life. If you wrote that... Yeah, you're good, man. I mean, good. like, they, there's a callback a in... Professor. Um, there's a callback in Rushmore with uh, Serpentine. Serpentine. Serpentine, <laughs> Shell. Ooh, boy, so funny I snorted. That's what happens. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Talking about great screen right. versus the versus with the Sting, which you felt was sort of like a a slick screenplay. Is that what you would you would say? Like that's a sellable uh, a Hollywood thing. Yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the plot's really fun. Like it's a good like it's. It, there's nothing deep happening, but it is a it is a good clever plot. Like the, the setups are really clean; they're really well explained. The heist yeah. part is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of heist good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Maybe the shenanigans kind of stuff, and that's a great time. But you know what I love about the '70s is that it was very much going back to the '30s, '20s, the Gatsby era, or yeah. even the '30s, and I love that period. Even music, oh, like Alice yeah. Cooper was going back to that, right. going back right. to vaudeville. And it was mm-hmm. just kind of a great, great time. Yep. And, well, that's where Tom Waits gets to start, too. And yeah, and, yeah like, he's a lot of material. He's a lot of, a lot of that stuff. <laughs> oh, God, I love him. I love him so deeply. But yeah, the, uh, that, um, yeah, this movie is what, 74? Yeah. Is that right? So two years later is when Redford does All the President's Men. Right. These movies feel like they're 30 years apart, those two movies. Yeah. But that's absolutely wild to me. You couldn't. Yeah, but here's the deal, though. And I'm just going to say this because I've had a couple drinks. Um, <laughs> like, by Red the time. owes me money. <laughs> look, by the time 73, when they're shooting this, it is pre Watergate. Mm-hmm. By the time Watergate came, everyone just was like, suspicious mm-hmm. you have parallax view you have mm-hmm. you know all this stuff i mean from 70 to 74 it was such a pivotal weird time everything collapses the tone collapses yeah and i read this yeah. interesting article and i talked to this writer like a month ago he's writing a book and uh it's about like 71 and he's basing it on like the 71 for music was the turnaround time and particularly he interviewed me about uh alice cooper mm-hmm. and talking about that period of time in 71 is that was pivotal time the stones everybody and it mm-hmm. was really was like the 60s is over were kind of crossing into new territory with no harness yep. and it's almost like this movie is like a feel-good family movie and then all of a sudden watergate comes and everyone's like no we're shit we're all liars we're Corrupt, yeah, yeah, and, yeah exactly. and then I want to speak out about that, right? Well, now you just read uh, Easy Riders Rage, Raging Bulls, right, Chris? Right. Yes, yeah. So the, you're you're deep in that uh, in that the, that that lore, that yeah. lore, yeah. The tonal shift is is really radical. It's really radical. Yeah, like, I, but this film is just like, you know, it's a fun, and you need a good fun, good feel good movie. Oh yeah, I mean, sure. like it's a blast, and it should, but I think Eric's right. Like this is so out of character for. Uh, what I think of as the seventies, that it feels. But there's so many things, right? Yeah, exactly. This one and Jaws was like what two years later? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so one, yeah, one or two years later. That's right. And right. like, it, like, it, like, there's and like, and actually, I've never really thought about that before. But when you think of Jaws in as a sort of weird transitional movie, like it's sort of like an old school movie, but there's something really. There's something it's completely different. Yeah, right? there's something. Yeah, it's a acting whole acting and everything. Yeah, there's a whole and the fact that Robert Shaw is in both of these films yeah, is yeah. kind yeah. of interesting. Like it, it's 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 ushering in a whole different flavor. Yeah, it's really interesting because I feel I do feel like here's a question for you. Do you do you think that if this movie and this is again not the hammer on it, but it's just like is it possible to take the screenplay to this thing and make it an even better, deeper movie out of this? Like, is there this thing? Yeah, is there a movie yes. there? Yeah, that's why. Yes. Think. And, okay. and and the best way to do it is to have Newman die, right? Right. Because the post somebody gets shot. Yeah. And what would be great is that Hooker, who is Robert Redford's character, basically survives again. So everybody he goes around dies. And, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really. Good do you know one. what I mean? Like yeah. everything he touches sucks. Yeah. And that is the that kind of version. thing. Yeah. yeah. And that would be great. I loved Paul Newman. I loved um, Dorfman or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. I'll get the script right now. So, and I'd share it with everybody. But the point is, that is it. Yeah. There's, I think that's sort of, okay. So I guess we can sort of sum this up plot wise by saying that Eric, keep drinking. All the good stuff comes out. <laughs> that that um, that Robert Redford uh, gets in a jam because the money that he ripped off he stole actually... the money that he stole is from a big banker gangster. Yes, and so he has played by to... Robert Shaw, right? And so he has to get out of Dutch there, right? And right. that's what motivates most of the rest of the movie. So he ends up hooking up with Paul Newman, uh, who is who's a bigger gambler yeah but he's sort of out of the picture he's you know like he's and like pull him back in to do this uh this uh con job con. on uh robert shaw uh so uh they can so he can get out of essentially robert redford can save his own life right uh and it turns into a series of cons that build on each other that mm -hmm. uh involve more and more people and up and up to and including like constructing a fake uh off-track betting site right uh so that they can really fleece and uh, not just fleece but get robert shaw like you know uh put in the pen like he's fucked after this right, right. and uh and so it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you start to doubt whether or not like they're gonna be able to pull it off. Are they gonna be able to pull this off? Is that like this is getting really big and complicated? Is it going to work? And mm -hmm. and then ultimately in the end, you're like, wait a minute, was this all a con on uh 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 like Newman, right? And uh and the movie makes you think this for a second, and then it goes, no, 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 it's uh, it's cool, don't worry about it. It's all it all is in the end it was a whole it was all a plan from the beginning. It's all a plan from the beginning, and it's uh, super fun. Good night, everybody. Good time. And this, uh, this right. is what Eric is bringing up. It's just like, if you have Newman die, right, then you have a movie. Like, and right. I feel like that is, if anything is missing from this thing, it's the fact that. But didn't they make the Sting 2? Yeah, I think they did. Uh, uh, Jackie Gleason. Oh, yeah. Shoot me. <laughs> no need for that, guys. <laughs> I just put the script there. Oh, nice. Great. It's interesting, though, because when you read this script, I. I 
find It's a that... Chrome extension you sent us. Okay. <laughs> so hit the purple part, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. go. There you go. Ah. There you go. It's technology. Ah. Um, but but yeah. the, thing, the thing that you get from... By the way, why is my screen... It's taking an ad break? I'm still good. Is it? Yeah, no, I'm huh, still good. Strange. Yeah. Um, so the thing about it is, is that you get Lonigan, who is what's his name, Robert uh, Shaw. Shaw's character. Mm-hmm. You get a sense, and please tell me after you read it. Like he worked just as hard to get where he is because you see him at the golf course, and that guy comes up and says, "Look, these guys have just grifted you." Mm-hmm. But when you read it, you're like, you know what he earned his money in his own way. He might be sour and curmudgeon, but he earned his money. They're all, you know, trying to just be at that country club and be able to afford it and respect. Right. Right. And in a way you look at, because the way the light is shed upon Shaw's character, you look at it and you're like, you look at hooker differently. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, why do you have to be such a pain in the ass, man? Why do you have right. to throw four thousand or five thousand down in one shot or three thousand? Right. You know. Right. You're right. a punk. You're right. a punk. Right. And that's a different view than when you see him in Sundance. Yeah, because like I feel like the movie uh, uh, again, like a super fun movie, but I feel like the there's a there's a especially <laughs> watching Bush and Sundance first and then watching this, you're like, what I really want back is the sucker punch of depth and feeling. And, yeah. uh, and I feel like there are movies, there was a good example I had in my mind where it's just like, if you have these two kinds of guys in the movie and one of them doesn't die, then the movie doesn't work. But there's there, they do have a sense of, they do bring up, uh, uh, what's his name? <clears throat> Robert Redford's character in this thing. His loneliness Dorfman. brought up. Um, I'll get Dorf- it right now. Yeah, I'll get it right now, guys. It's annoying me because I just read it. Yep. His, Please stand by for a new name. They do talk about his loneliness quite a bit in sure. an interesting way. And his right? buddy dies. You know, like the, like that's part of the right. setup. Like there's some heavy stuff that happens for sure. You know. So so that's you know, and then when he meets up with that girl, who ends up trying to murder him. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was, she, who was she working for? Oh, shoot. I don't remember. The mob. Okay. But I don't know if they're really... Okay. Is that the thing that he was... I can't remember. I don't yeah. Know. It, yeah. It's, it's the mob. Up. And right. and um, his name was Gondorf. Gondorf. Yeah. It's like some Lord of the Rings name. That's yeah. a human. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's Gondorf. And the other, the other thing is, too, is that if you read this script, and I put the link, you'll find that... Redford's character is only called the stranger. Oh, that's the, weird. That's interesting. For the first, I don't know. Let me go back up. I mean, he's like stranger enters stranger, stranger. Right. And they only identify him as hooker. Once he starts to go to his friend's house, right. who is eventually killed. Right. That's it. He's called the stranger. Yeah. Cause that, that's the thing. It's like, if you think about the, um, like you know who wrote about? it, David S. Ward. Uh, you, I know that screenwriter. Who's he that? did Sleepers in Seattle, right? No, that's um, Nora Ephron. No, I know she did it, but it says Sleepers in Seattle. No kidding. Oh, she David S. Ward. 
Okay. Film. I, I wish I were a bigger Nora, Nora Ephron and David film. S. Ward. I'm going to put the go. link here. Yeah. There's a great site I'm connecting everybody to. And look, we're learning. It's, we're a, learning, it's a learning time. It's a learning experience, this show. I think By the fun. way, that thing I did, I just riffed this afternoon, that image. It actually looks pretty cool. I should yeah, it looks awesome. It's my new background. The highlights a little bit, but good. it's totally No, they're fun. set back. It makes sense. I love that. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good mug. That's a good mug. That. <laughs> hey, that's that's Hollywood, baby. Coming at you. Uh, Pat Summerall. How come Pat Summerall wasn't in this movie? Wouldn't it be great? Yeah. Play by play or Howard Cosell. Uh, now Somebody that would be something. of the Monday Night true. Football era would be great. <laughs> See Howard Cosell announcing this just like he did in bananas. Frank Gifford really is like a heavy, it. right? Yeah. Right. That makes sense to me. Doesn't make sense to me, but yeah. So like that's the thing. So it's like you have these giant movie stars that carry a lot. I mean, both of them carry a lot of weight, you know. And to, like they can handle being bringing in a, a heavier story. And then the story they're doing is sort of like a Muppet Show story. And I'm like, this would have been a great Muppet Show movie. Like this is like you know, uh, like you know, Fozzie's the you know, the 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 guy who's raving the ticker tape and Gonzo's trying. Like that's that's the kind of movie this is. And it's like. It's kind of wonky that they shot it like a TV movie, and then they have these two giant stars from this other movie. I was just like, I'm just like, what? Who planned this thing? This is a strange movie, and it's the I same think because the stars cost so much money that yeah. they had to do it all backlot. It seems like the Universal backlot, but I could be wrong. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And then like uh, this is like I'm not I'm not saying it's not fun. I'm just like, this is the same group that made, you know. Bush and it's a total cash out. It's what your son said, Chris. It's uh, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, meets Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which is genius. And the yeah, thing is, like, yes. that's the thing is, like, I love Dirty Rotten, Rotten Scoundrels. Like, that's like, if that, I, if I, I think that both versions of Ocean's Eleven are good. <laughs> like, they're super charming. Like, I don't really give a shit about what happens in them, but I love watching Brad Pitt eat chips, and you know, there's. People telling jokes and George Clooney being fun, you know, all that stuff. And hand, uh, like rotating things with his hand. Rotating things with his head. Playing with ashtrays and stuff. Yeah, dude. But it's just like, it's like if I, I feel like, I mean, Ocean's Love is great, but it's like the, the difference between these movie, two movies is like, let's watch two Clooney movies. One is Ocean's Eleven and the other is Michael, Michael Clayton. <laughs> You're like, oh, uh, I, I guess this one's good. And then you have Michael Clayton, which I, is one of the great movies the past 25 30 years so yeah that's right. that's about where i land on that one like I, I think there's some great fucking i love the poker game in this is great uh the train poker oh game it's great fantastic. i mean even the sting itself the sting but an old, old amount of 1920s slang that they use in this is hilarious it's, yeah it's a lot of, you know this feels like um, when i like I, i'm like i'm also a fan of like i love david mammoth's movies as well uh and like House of Games and stuff like that. You know, like I, I, I like these movies where you're really trying to hang on to understanding what the play is. Uh, and then they trick you anyway. I think that's really, that's an admirable thing to be doing just as a entertainment device. If you can write a script that tight and that well. Um, but I almost wish that Redford and Newman weren't in this movie. Like, I, I wish this was like, like uh, what's his name? Like what, who was Barry Lyndon? I wish I wish this was the uh, 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 fucking um, uh, Paper Moon guy. Bogdanovich. Yeah, well, Bob, no, he's yeah. a director. Ryan O'Neill. That you just solved my problem. Imagine if this movie were directed by Peter Bogdanovich. Then you have a fucking masterpiece. 
then this is a masterpiece. That who directed it? it? No, it's the same George guy. Hill. This is, why I'm, I, this is why I'm so confused. Like I'm just like it's uh, this that feels like an entirely B crew movie, and it's the same people. And he's the same guy who directed the world according to Garp. Yeah, yeah. It like it really blows my mind. I, I know I'm I'm coming off as hard. Like I really think this movie is a fun time. But I'm just like, it really was a start. Well, you don't really know what happened, right? Like, it could have been a bunch of things that influenced this. But they basically said, we'll get the same director and we'll get Robert Redford and Paul Newman again. It's a hit. Yeah, it writes itself. And so you can't can't really, when you go with those expectations, it doesn't always work. Sometimes it works, but it doesn't always work. Yeah, Yeah, you're you're right. Like, you can't can't just guarantee it's going to be... Like, oh, the flavor's going to be back. You know, you just, it's a fucking magic sauce. You don't know the flavor probably going to be back. Yeah, it's really, it is really something. Because, like, I really felt like, you know, like, watching it, I was just like, yeah, this is super good. I love this. This is really great. Um, and, like, you know, it's like, I love, uh, I don't know, what, what's the uh, other Robert Shaw movie where he plays the, the king? Uh, uh, Man for All Seasons. You know, oh yeah. You know, that's a movie that like it has sort of a TV movie budget, but they still make it work. Like it looks a little bit too old school for its good, but like they do it they do it right. So it isn't like I'm not bothered by the low production. They're sort of like the not even low production value, but just sort of like the the low bar of the production. Uh it's just that there's they're not carrying as much water as they really could be with the story. And when you said Bogdanovich, I was like, Paper Moon is the movie you make out of this. Yeah. Like, Paper Moon is the is the home run. It's like slapstick, slapstick, slapstick. <laughs> and then at the end it goes, just kidding. You are watching a very serious movie the whole time. Slapstick, yeah. slapstick, slapstick. Yep. Which is a great film, obviously. That's just waiting to be made. Martini Giant Productions presents. Slapstick, slapstick, slapstick. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, quite at the time. It pro- I kind of wonder what the budget was or how much money it made. The Sting. It made a lot. I bet of money. it was a giant. The hit. Sting. It was yeah. Sting is very popular film. Yeah, I think it's a giant hit for sure. They, I don't think they suffered at all. Yeah, first it I mean like like I, I'm cr- I'm crazy. I think we're make, we're giving it a hard time because it's an enjoyable film. Yeah, it's oh, I mean, it is this, this is a, this is a B plus movie, and 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 with all the heart in the world, it's great. But man, it's just, but it's hard in contrast. To it's Bush. hard in contrast. That's like it's weird that like this feel like I think this is a very good pairing to talk about, but it's not a very good pairing of movies to watch together because like one is a little bit of a limping show pony, and the other one is like you know a limping show pony. <laughs> you know, it's just like you just can't compare these things. This is a Godfather one and three, <laughs> you know, just like. A little, little, little bit lopsided, but like I, I do mm-hmm. think that, like I think the the most the most interesting element of that is like what Eric's saying is like this is an artifact of sort of the myth of the seventies in my mind, yeah, you know, and like what like seventies filmmaking, like I can't believe this is the seventies, like I can't believe that that this movie does not, yeah, it feels like an early sixties film, yeah, exactly. It's like this, like if, if Newman had made this, if this, if someone was like, oh yeah, you made that right for Barefoot in the Park, I'd be like, yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. That's what it feels like. You know, still trying to like angle for a good role. I mean, he's you mean, new, what's his name? 
Redford. Not Redford, rather. Sorry. Yeah. Like Redford yeah. is still trying. Like he's a he's a good looking guy, but it's years before Jeremiah Johnson. No, it's not. It's actually right around the corner. <laughs> or did he already do that? Actually, did he? And like like uh, you know, or all presidents men is a year a year away from you know like that makes no sense. This movie is out of time completely. It's interesting to see the movies after that. They probably said, man, you got to get serious, man. The world's changing, man. Right. Don't right. do the sting anymore. And it's like, okay. And then he does, you know, all the other stuff. Yeah. But he yeah, made money. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, um, yeah, like he's got all the presidents, men. He's got, <clears throat> uh, what, uh, yeah. Uh, three days, the condor, you know, like he's got, he's got like parallax view. No, yeah. I mean, um, not parallax view three days of the condor. Yes. It is kind of terrific, um, you know, and like all that stuff. It's just that's what I think of when I think of Redford in the 70s, you know, and uh, and Newman, like Newman, uh, he really he is he gets his glow back really in the 80s. Like he's got like verdict, ver- verdict. Yeah. Where you're just the like, verdict. I love that he, movie. He transitions. Really, Wait, really well, hold, well, didn't he do what's the what's the 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 bowl, the the the, the pool one? Oh, uh, the drowning pool, right? The drowning no, pool. no, 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 no. Where he plays pool, pool. Oh, Newman did the one with no. uh, Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the color of money. Yeah, obviously. The color of money, but no, but the color of money. So with us, the what? Oh, I think yeah, I think we may have lost him. I thought we were going to use you to do the thunderstorms. No, we lost Chris. Yeah, it good. Looks like- Oh, <laughs> how annoying. All right. So, yeah, like, like look at this. Yeah, you, you're going to appreciate this stuff, man. Uh, we have in the 80s for Newman. These are these are some favorites of mine, and nobody talks about these anymore. Fort Apache, the Bronx. I like Fort Apache, the Bronx. Uh, absence of Malice, the uh, Verdict. Yeah, the like, there's like, he he hits a string that I really, really enjoy, where he's like the, the, the older middle-aged you know, on, on the far end of middle age, and he is like making some really. That's all right. That's that. Are we still rolling? Okay. The hustler, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, for everyone in the chat, uh, we've lost Chris, but he is. Uh, we're still in communication with him. He has not been hit by lightning. Uh, he, he is uh, integrating himself back into uh, the video feed in just a few seconds. So hopefully we'll see him shortly. But, uh, but I do want to take this time to say that I, you normally hear me bitch about the IMDb because it is such a poorly organized website. But uh, Eric Sheely has been fighting the good fight to make IMDb better by uh, putting Martini Giant and its credits up on IMDb in a very organized fashion. So you can look at all the episodes we've done and uh, uh, and see every guest that's been on. Uh, and so I, we really encourage people to go and check that out and rate and review if you happen to get a chance uh, on IMDb for what those episodes are. I suggest a 10, but to be modest, maybe an 8. And uh, I want to thank Eric for fucking nailing it because it really looks pro. It looks really, really great. Uh, you, what just, are we talking about? Uh, just did the pitch for the uh, the awesome job that Eric did on IMDb. Right. Uh, yes. Yes. So I now, yeah, officially Martini Giant is on IMDb, which is amazing. Yeah, looks uh, great. Looks great. A lot uh, of uh, uh, we did, right, we've so done a lot Hustler, of work. when does the Hustler made? 
That's 67. 62. 62. I'm going to oh say 62. I'm going to throw it out there. 61, 62. What's the number? Let's I thought 67. Tick but yeah, tock, maybe, tick maybe tock, 65. Tick tock. 67. Is it 67? I see. No. I don't know. But yeah, Hustle. Let me look great. it up. And 61. 61. 1961. That is a fucking mean film. That is a mean, ugly, cruel That's... movie. That's very good. He's great at it. But it's a hard watch. That's a harder watch than anything else in Newman's career for me. He's a fucking asshole in that movie, man. It's bad. Brutal. Uh, and uh, and Color of Money is excellent. I, I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, the sequel. Um, which but, which uh, the sequel, but way later. That was done in the eighties, right? Yeah, that's eighty. So Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise, eighty five. I'm going to say eighty five. And uh, yes, yeah, so let, right? let me see. And uh, uh, what's it called? The Color of Money. I would say eighty five, eighty six. The screenplay by Richard. Color of Money is nineteen eighty six. Nineteen eighty six. There you go. Yeah, maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, and that's, a, that's a strange, strange movie. But it's really, really, really great. So yeah, like the, I, for me, like. Uh, Newman doesn't like Newman sort of fades out in the late seventies, but comes back pretty, pretty hard in the early to mid eighties. There's a lot of really great, uh, and verdict is one of my, my all timers. Like that's, I love that incredibly watchable movie. Um, and, uh, and uh, for anyone who is a fan of the movie Dune, the Reverend mother, uh, uh, with the box and the, and the needle, she plays a key character in the verdict. If you haven't seen the verdict, that is my advertisement for that one. But yeah, also, like, also, uh, sorry, Willis. but since we're talking about Paul Newman and his acting, mm-hmm. he also did another film with George Roy Hill called Slapshot. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah, okay, they get back. <laughs> That's it. That's what happened because, like, they add, they they suck out all the all the all the all the nastiness to put it in Slapshot, which is fucking hilarious. The movie yes. great. That's a great movie. That's a funny movie. I mean, think about that. Now you start to see the dynamics of how this all happened, right? Yes, right. That. That puts a fucking that puts it back into into focus. There, I get it. I get it now. Yeah, has anyone seen slap, ah, Man, that slapshot is <laughs> good on Newman for taking slapshot. Man, that is a, that's a great one. That's a good transitional yeah. movie I've ever seen. But I mean, it's if you think about like uh, going like slapshot is not not as big a film as the Sting. Sure, right. Because it's it's not going to be like this is a great little fun film you can see with the family, etc. Yeah, no, <laughs> you can't do that with Slapshot. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely no. no. Right. So I think that this interesting. What's interesting if we're, what we're basically saying is like the Sting is okay TV film, fun mm-hmm. to watch, etc. Directed by some guy who did Slapshot and yes. who did. And- Butch Sundance and who did <laughs> and who did uh, the world according to Garp? Like right. Garp is a great film. Oh yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Go listen yeah. to our Garp episode. I know. So like, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, like, that's the thing. It's like that. The Sting. It's not that. But the like Sting a, is like probably one of the movies that made the most money for him. Biggest, easily outside of. Yeah. But Butch, I bet it made. More, it did make more money than Butch Cassidy. Let's I see. think it's a good question because like that is a crowd pleaser for sure. I think that made a ton. But the soundtrack sold through the roof, and uh, and the movie made it. Well, people still know that soundtrack. It's yeah, 
Sting nineteen seventy. They made a Sting nineteen seventy eighty three. Okay, seventy three. So uh, it didn't. I don't know. It just says it grossed worldwide a hundred. Oh no, shit. Yeah, a hundred fifty six million dollars. Wow. <laughs> well, what was the budget? Like ten? It doesn't say what the budget was, but it was probably like ten or four million or something. It, probably less than a million. I'm betting. Yeah, like I, yeah, well, it's, it's got big stars. I'm sure it's in the millions, but like it's like that's a that's a big fat hit. I'm sure that's a big one, especially for the time. You have you haven't even hit Jaws yet. Jaws is where the money goes through the roof. That's that's really big. That's what and that'd be my guess anyway. Butch Cassidy doesn't count me the budget on it, uh, but Butch Cassidy made a hundred and two million dollars. So very solid, very solid hit. Like a really for good what hit. that is, that's crazy. Yeah. That's great. That's a that's a good that's a big. That's a hit. good thing. But how much was for the the sting was what one hundred one hundred thirty. Uh, hold on. I just yeah, this it. the sting is just a big old crowd pleaser. I totally get it. Bring the family. One hundred fifty six million. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's way better. <laughs> that's way, that's a whole other movie's worth. And let, let's let's get what was it? Uh, world. World according to Garp, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, that movie made twenty-nine million. <laughs> yeah, that's no, not quite as big a hit. How much did it cost? <clears throat> oh, I'm sure it did okay. Sting budget was. But the, think about the size of those films. The the Sting and and Butch Cassidy were. Yeah. Big so, films. Yeah. Big so films. to give you a, to give you an idea of the scale here, so the budget for the Sting, what the rather the Sting pulled in one hundred and fifty-six million. It cost five. Yeah. Five million, five million dollar investment, a wow. hundred and fifty six million dollars back. That's pretty yes. good. That is, that's like, but a, that's because it have a good. They have a good formula, like the actual gag of the, mm-hmm. state, which we'll get to. I want to get into the what they actually pulled off, how they did it, yeah, because it'll be fun to discuss since people want to know what they actually did. Anyway, it was twenty eight million dollars is what uh, Slapshot made, which is interesting because that's almost as much as Garp. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Which yeah. is weird. That's a, that, is, that feels like a very low budget film, a very good one, but a very yeah. low budget. Like that's the thing. Is, I mean, a Slapshot, like it's a, it's a comedy, but it it's right. a comedy with a, a great. I mean, it's it's got a lot of a fat, nasty humor and, and nasty. nasty jokes. Yeah, and and I really care about Newman. Like I'm just like yeah. that's a that's an interesting guy, and I'm really it, like it's much more in the realm of like he's perfect. But you know, he went right into the verdict with that same character, which is like. He's a down and out or guy at the end of his reign. Yeah, that's bit. that's that's what he started selling in the eighties, and I think it, he sold it really well. Verdict is is the best of that of that group, you know. I mean, like it's sort of like an advancement of uh, like Jason brings up HUD, which is one of his great movies, also. That's a great um, movie. And like James the Wong Howe. oh, it's incredible, beautiful, beautiful movie, and a great uh, great novel by uh, Larry McMurtry called uh, Horseman Pass By. Um, but like you can see that someone like HUD grows up to be someone like uh, Newman in The Verdict. Like, yeah. young, young hotshot that isn't really paying attention to how he's hurting people fucks things up, and now he's filled with regret. And uh, and I think that Newman was very sensitive to how to position his new phase of life, you know, and he, was, and he, and he handled that really well through pretty much his entire career. Uh, where you see other actors don't know what to do. You know, they try to hang on to their younger days. Like Newman's like, how can I repackage my older self into a new kind of movie star over and over again? Really? Well, this is, okay, this is interesting. So 
it's I just look at George Wade Hill's filmography and it's it's like okay so you have uh Great Waldo Pepper yeah well first of I all you love do put, I know I know but you do you do you start with Butch Cassidy right mm-hmm. uh uh and he's done some good stuff before that but Butch Cassidy is really the big thing and then you have Slaughterhouse Five right yep yeah. yep which which and, is a strange strange movie but it's an interesting movie I love right that and God, then he like does The Sting right? which is like the remake of Butch Cassidy right as mm-hmm. Eric has put out there and then he does waldo pepper with yeah. robert redford mm-hmm. and then he does Slapshot with paul newman yeah he, he bifurcates and handles them <laughs> right he separates right. them and makes two different right. movies right right and then you know that's that's Slapshot is in 77 79 he does a little romance which is mm-hmm. okay uh world according to Garp in 80, mm-hmm. 82, 84, he does Little Drummer Girl, which is actually. Oh, that's an interesting movie. I love that. Book. Yeah. That's great book. Man, man. So, like, that's yeah, that's a complicated that. movie. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough wow. one to handle. Politically tough, very tough when to When does this say he passed? He passed in 2002. And then, it, and then the last film that he directed is Funny Farm in 1988. Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Weird. Weird, right? Career. That's a strange career. And he died yeah. in 2002 at the age of 81. Nice. Well, and he's originally from Minneapolis. Huh. So he's an interesting person. Like I am. Yeah. yeah. I've been meaning to rewatch Slaughterhouse because that book is an all time favorite of mine. And like the movie right. is, is it, I can't tell if the movie works or doesn't work because I'm so close to the book. I would like to get, I've had a little distance. So I'd like to check that out again. There's some, I remember so there's some really great imagery in that movie that really nails it. But uh, I don't remember if the actual flow, uh, is is worth the journey the flow is worth the journey yeah like it's i remember it's kind of a chunky movie that doesn't totally work but the scenes are good mm-hmm. uh and uh and which is you know the movie the, the book is very is in, uh, intentionally all over the place and it's a very very difficult thing to make into a film i think you'd do a much it's be easier on audiences to make the book now um, sure. because we're, we're used to having things be sort of fractured, but I think that was probably too far in the, um, in the sixties or seventies. Yeah. Okay. I do want to talk about this thing. So we mentioned, um, uh, earlier that, um, they were, uh, they were going to set up a big sting specifically, which means a heist or a, or a, 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 a grifting, or yeah, basically mm-hmm. a con on yep. Robert Shaw, right? And so what they decide the way that the, after they sort of gain his quote unquote confidence, or whatever, what they tell him to do is to go to a uh, coffee shop, sit there, mm-hmm. and then go to a phone. When the phone rings in the payphone in the in the coffee shop, pick it up, and so you're going to hear something. So they hear he hears the name of a horse that's happening. And so he races across the street to the, to what he doesn't realize is a makeshift uh, uh, off track betting place. And he places the money on the horse and he's got about three minutes to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they announced the race and they're watching the race. Um, battle gun or something. Yeah. Right. I can't remember that, but that sounds all right. So, so they watched the race and then he, he wins by a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so, but he only places a small bet on it, right? Only places a small bet on it. And they're like, well, how did you do it? And he basically, th- even though the whole thing is fake, 
but mm-hmm. he, Robert Shaw doesn't realize that. But what they tell him is happening is uh, the the time the race, delay. Yeah, the right the race has actually been already over. And I know someone at the Western Union, not Western Union, yeah, who that yeah, Western, yeah, Western, Western Union, and they're sending the information right they, after. And they send it to me first. And then the ticker is about three minutes behind. So mm-hmm. when you hear the actual race from the OTB, uh, uh, you actually are it's, – it's three minutes late. So you have a heads up on who actually won the race by about three minutes or four minutes or whatever. Right. And so it says, okay, and I'm going to try to do it again. So they try to do it again to try to gain his confidence still that mm-hmm. this thing is still happening. But they set it all up so that he can't get to the bet on time because the race he can't place off. the bet in time. He, right. he can't place the, the, guy in the front bet of in time. Him is going too slow. Yeah, going too. Yeah, and so 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 he doesn't make the bet, but he still hears that that race won. So he's like, oh god, these guys are really yeah. Now I lost this. out on some money. All right, That's I lost out on some money, and it's like right. shit, man. This really happens. So, so he says, okay, I need to. And so he's like, I want to meet the guy who does this, right? And so the guys again, like pretend that they're painting an office to make a makeshift office for the Western union. Right. <laughs> the guy shows up, they show up in the back door, but then they're like, no, no, we can't meet here. We can't meet here. And they take off, but just enough to give them confidence that this guy actually works for Western union. Right. Mm-hmm. right. So they do this whole thing, explain, explain. And so anyway, Robert Shaw then sets up, okay, I'm doing it for real. Now I'm going to bet half a million dollars mm-hmm. on this thing. Right. And, uh, and, uh, that's what we're going to do now. So, so that's the, that's the, this thing. There's a couple other things that happened, uh, throughout this still some know. So Robert Redford's character is also being chased by the cops or by mm-hmm. one specific cop, right. the cops and all of this, as we gather are completely corrupt. Mm-hmm. Everyone's taking bribes and it's basically how it's working. So he, but he's still chasing Robert Redford for a while and they're trying to get this guy off of Robert Redford, right? But then Robert Redford takes him, no, the cop gets him and takes him to the FBI. The FBI tells him, we want Paul Newman and you're going to give him to us or we're going to do all these horrible things to you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And more specifically, he says, I'm not going to give him up. I'm not going to give him up. And then it's like, oh, well, then we'll take this woman too. And he's like, you can't do that. So he gets all upset about this whole thing. So then he agrees that he's going to uh, rat out Paul Newman, right? Um, and then uh, so uh, so then the, the, big, the day of the big sting shows up. Robert Shaw shows up with uh, 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 a bunch of money, right? And uh, he, go, he, he hears the phone call and he goes, place it all on so-and-so in the third race, right? And so he mm-hmm. goes – uh, to the OTB and he said, makes a half a million dollar bet. They make a big deal out of it. Like, Oh my God, I better get the manager on this one. Et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then finally Robert, uh, Paul Newman says, go ahead, take the bet. And so then he sits down and he's waiting for the bet and he feels confident because he know he's, he's seen how the system works and he knows he's going to make a shit ton of money. Like it's supposed to be four to one odds or something like that. So mm-hmm. he's going to make $2 million on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, this uh the 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 fake western union guy shows up which is this is a good one i like this mm. one and it was like oh how'd it go it's like yeah i placed it all i put it all on so and so to win he goes 
No, not to win, to place, to place, to which place. is second place, right. which is second place, right? right. You're right. supposed to put it on the, on the, to place. And because he said, place it all. And it was very clever the way they did that. Right. And now Robert Shaw realizes he's about to lose half a million dollars uh, right. and starts freaking out <laughs> over the whole situation. Uh, at which point the FBI and the corrupt cop show up mm -hmm. banging through the door. And you think like, oh shit. You know, this is it. And uh, there's a scene before where I'm, I'm not going to go too much detail because you can just watch the movie if you want to. But there's basically a scene where uh, he re uh, Robert Redford realizes that Paul Newman has been saving his life this whole time and had someone watching over him to make sure mm -hmm. he's safe. So now he feels super guilty that he's about to give up Paul Newman. Mm -hmm. But then the FBI shows up. Right. Uh, and then. They like say, oh, I gave you up. And it's like, you can go, kid. And it's like, go. And they get really pissed off. Robert Redford walks away. Paul Newman shoots Robert Redford in the mm -hmm. back, at which point the FBI shoots Paul Newman and they're both dead. At which mm -hmm. point Robert Shaw is freaking out. The cop, the corrupt cop says, oh, crap, we got to get out of here. And they race out and he goes, but I have all my money in there. So it's, you don't, there's two dead guys in there. You don't want anything to do with it. Do, it, this, it, uh, it. do what they say, get the hell out of here. So the cop leaves and uh, Robert Shaw leaves. He's pissed off because he's lost half a million dollars, which is a lot of money in 1929 or whatever that is. <laughs> oh, yeah, huge. A lot of money. And so then you go back inside and ta-da guess what they both they're both dead. yeah they're both alive it's okay they're both alive, <laughs> in fact the whole thing was a sting on the audience because what actually happened mm -hmm. is that the fbi is completely fake it wasn't a real fbi it's all a it scam. was a fake fbi set up yes. by paul newman and yep. they set this whole thing up so that basically they just uh, take Robert, Robert Shaw's money. <laughs> they take Robert Shaw's money and Robert and, and, and they run the dirty uh, cop out of town. Yeah. The dirty cop thinks that Robert Redford is dead. Yes. And that's the thing, which you're yeah, right. Which is great. It's good fun, yeah, but it's, it's not the film that it needed to be, right? Because right. there needed to be someone needed to die. You're absolutely right. Yeah, like oh that's the thing. It's like it's like I said, it's a Muppet show so plot. One always needs to die. Well, this is like this is my. It's my it's like stage. the opposite of uh, uh, save the cat. Someone needs to die. <laughs> yeah, like the, like you have to have some sense of loss. Like you can't have that with a movie that's about. He does a little bit with a woman though. But that's hard. He almost kills day, him. But it's yeah, like... it's true. It's true. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, like it's not like you know, like this. Like you said, post water gets is the you're making a different movie. Um, but I th I think that like the. Uh, I think there's a reason why this thing is not very much remembered. Like people watch it and they like it. But it's like a, you know, it doesn't it doesn't come up a lot as one of the the greats. It just comes up and it was like, oh, that's really fun. It's on. I'll watch it. It's good. You know. In the same oh, it's way definitely that, worth a watch. It's definitely yeah, it's a, worth it's a watch. It's a really fun movie, man. It's totally worth it. Absolutely. Like, there's nothing wrong with this movie at all. It's an absolute, you know, blast at the movies. And like, I just think that like, if you know, if for the long game, like if it had just a few, just a few more rocks in its pocket then uh, it would be on people's lists. It would really, it, it would stay. Can with you imagine forever. if Coppola did this film? Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Just, yeah, just like Coppola little... like did it along the lines of The Godfather and made yeah, it that something way. something rich, exactly. Something a little yeah. bit richer. You know, it would be, it'd be, yeah. Such yeah. Just, I don't know. I'm just, now I'm fascinated by George Roy Hill. I'm like, this guy had something. Well, and on. it's, it's yeah. interesting, right? It's like, cause he almost has like a backwards career, right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, right. 
and because he starts in TV, and then he gets this Bush and Sundance is just like pure gold. It's elegiac. It's you know, it's deep. It's imp- it's like everything. It's got it all. Um, and then he does uh, the Sting, which is f- sort of good but flighty. And then he does Great Waldo Pepper, which is like feels like it's going to be uh, like Butch Cassidy kind of. Uh, fun, but it's actually way sadder. It's actually like it. Like once Susan Sarandon falls off the fucking plane, like the movie's uh, like, oh shit! <laughs> like the movie just you know turns into something else, and audiences did. I saw like that, that in all. the theater when it came out. I was young. Yeah, that scared the shit out of me. Yeah, like once once that happens, that movie. It's a. I think it's a really great movie. He also but, wrote that, The Great Waldo Pepper. Yeah, it's a really really good movie, but it doesn't recover. Like the audience sort of left that one. They're just like, fuck that. Robert Redford lets the girl die. No way. You should <laughs> though, right? You know? Yeah. Like I, I think it's the right thing to do for the movie, but it was the wrong thing to like, because it's Redford, everyone's like, ah, he's the golden boy, you know? And it, and it was, it felt off for people. Uh, and then after that, he uh, he sort of gets smaller and smaller and weirder and weirder, you know, like Garp and all this kind of stuff. I'm just like, usually you build towards the great masterpiece of uh, of the of the um, Butch and Sundance, but that's his opening that's his opening play, and after that, it's all over the place. Really weird career. You're right. Yeah. But he still had a career. He made some great freaking films, man. Oh, yeah. It does. Spectacular. I mean, Funny Farm. That's one for the ages. Oh, Joe, boy. Huh? Slapshot, though. <laughs> I Speaking of great slapshot. films, I, I heard... fucking toys. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, dude. <laughs> oh, man. What a picture. What a picture. What a picture. Yeah, that's right. I heard the new Top Gun is amazing. I have heard I, the new Top Gun is amazing. I've heard the new Top Gun is amazing as well. It got a five-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. Like, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> I'm so happy for, 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 for Joe, Joe, man. It's fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, his, and he did that fine. other one that, I, that I'm kind of curious about, the spider something. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Let's see what that turns into for Netflix. Yeah. That's a Netflix it. film. That's going to yeah. be it's beautifully shot, right? It's got a great cast. Oh, but definitely yeah. like a look at the architecture. It's like, oh, Joe Kaczynski. That's Kaczynski for sure. But I, I was yeah. pumped for that, dude, man. Like, I, I think that, like, because I'm, I'm a fan of uh, Oblivion. I think that's a really good movie. I think that uh, Tron is, like, in spite of what the, you know, what things. In spite that, of the the, 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 the studio taking the, control. The studio over beating the, down on that one. Like, that's a, it's still they a nicely, really? nicely done. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that's sort of reason, right? So, so you hire, you hire. The, Disney wants to do Tron, right? Mm-hmm. And they want to do Tron, and then they like they they're going to put a lot of money into it. So they're going to hire a a first time director specifically so that they can control him. Yeah, but yeah. they'll use him because it's like, oh no, he's going to make pretty pictures because that's what he does, and he really understands CG. Great. So he's got those two things, but then they they pretty much control them and the 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 story and everything else. Yeah, so, they have their they just have their fine. Support. I mean, that, and honestly, that's good experience for Joe. Uh, yeah, I mean, know? it's it's you know, it's a devil's deal because like you know they're going to like devil's it, deal tonight it's at like, seven. It's like they said, well, if it's a hit, then you know you're going to be famous and you can do anything you want. If it's a dud, we're going to pin it all on you, <laughs> right? You know? um, but like uh, he handled it well. Like he, oh, it's amazing to see like someone go to that scale of movie and 
handle it as cleanly as he did. I thought it was cool. I was listening to uh, Jeff Bridges on um, what's uh, uh, Elvis Mitchell's podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, or a show. Uh, but he, Elvis Mitchell, was asking me. He's like. I mean, you're, this was after Tron came out. It's like, you, I mean, you seem to like to do a lot of, uh, do a lot of projects with first time directors. I mean, do you, do you like working with first time directors? Because first time directors are great. It's like, have you seen Citizen Kane? That was done by a first time director. <laughs> yeah, that worked out pretty good. That's true. <laughs> and so he's like, they, he's like, they, he said they have nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> so That's they're going to put it all in there. That's good. And point. he's right. And Joe, Joe, I mean, Joe, Joe played by the game by 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 the rules with Disney, and I don't think it was a bad thing. And Tron itself, actually, there's a lot of people that still think Tron's a really great. It, film. Well, more and more so. Like the younger generations yeah. really love that movie. Like that, yeah. that, that gets more traction with, with, um, with younger generations than, than, yeah. than, than the first Tron ever did with anybody else. Like he, re- he really so, made something that stuck around. It's really interesting how that changed. Yeah. And then of, obviously Oblivion is based on his own graphic novel that yeah. he worked on with his brother, I believe. And, yeah. and, and so that's cool. But yeah. Like that's think, a slightly wonky movie, but the stuff that works works yeah. great. And I think that him meeting Cruz is really important because Cruz is undervalued as one of the great producers in Hollywood. Yeah. That's exactly what he told me. It was yeah. interesting because I had this thing. I was like, I was like, mm, Tom Cruise, huh? And then he's yeah. like, I know everyone thinks Tom Cruise is because that wasn't long after the whole jumping on the couch weirdness. Yeah, you know? yeah. he's unstable. So, he's whatever. It is, and so, so but he like, it's, it's like Tom Cruise has worked with some of the biggest directors in the yeah. world, yeah. all of them, right? And, and he goes, he he's going to bring a wealth of knowledge that he's going to help me yeah. figure out on 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 Oblivion. And he and he, I, he was absolutely right, absolutely right. right. And he's and the, and Cruz is like like he uh, he is really he, like he wants things to be a hit, but he doesn't really want things to be a hit because he wants to. He's already a bazillionaire; it doesn't make any difference. He wants things to be extremely entertaining for as many people as possible. Yeah. And for it to really work, you know, like, so he, he really he loves he, Hollywood. He loves, he loves it. Hollywood. He loves this stuff. Man. He loves filmmaking. It's yes. one of his favorite things. Clearly yeah. everyone I've and, ever, I've never worked with him, in, but I know plenty of people, we know plenty of people who've worked with him and you've, you've worked with him. And like, I'm just like this, like this, uh, this dude is the, is the good side of the Hollywood system. You know, mm-hmm. and, and he makes, and he plays and he also respects roles. Right. So I think yeah. that him and, he didn't take over for Joe in any way. Yeah, but, but he some helped. Producers he would. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's great didn't. that they met. They have they have really matched personalities. I think because like yeah, Joe is a really is a really is a really focused, detail oriented guy. He has uh, yep. great imagery in mind. He loves the immediacy of scenes. He's totally locked on that. Yeah. and and Cruz is just a big. He's like a big time entertainer. Like he knows yeah. what works. You know, he knows how to build it all. And I think that those two and together, he is you know, a one, two freaking punch. he is oh, the most professional of all the people I've yeah, seen it, actors and worked with yeah. different actors and he is by far the most professional. Yeah. Right. This is the story I hear from everybody on him. Yeah. That, that he's yeah. just like 100 percent from day from from wake up from wake up till sleep that it, he is the hardest working man in the room all the time. Yeah. You know? And like like when the tape got out of him yelling at the people in the crew for not wearing their mask during COVID, like I was one hundred percent with him. I was one hundred percent with him. Like he's just like, do you know how many fucking jobs you are about to screw because you guys are lazy? What the fuck right. is wrong with you? You know, this is like thousands of people depend on us doing this. Right. You know, I was like, that's the truth. <laughs> like that's the truth. Yeah, Get I was one hundred percent with him on that one. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. I, I was I was surprised that I, like Top Gun is a very fun but you know silly movie, and uh, for people to react so positively to this one, I was I, I'm pretty fucking pumped for it now. I was like, that's what I want, man. Like I, that's I want I want a good super blast action masterpiece. Then then that's that, that's going to the I'm going to the theater for that one. That sounds that sounds like a a really really good time, and I was really happy that it's been received that well. Yeah, it's nice to see stuff coming back. Yeah, and and uh, and as Dave three pointed out, they gave him a uh, an honorary Palm Door uh, for uh, Top Gun. Wait, Joe? No, for Cruise. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, God damn, dude, the youngest actor to have ever received it. That is pretty amazing for Top for Top Gun. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, essentially, it's for his whole career, but it's like, yeah, yeah it's like a, it's like a, uh, you know, uh, honorary achievement award. You know? Now, but we since maybe. we're on the subject, we should also mention <laughs> uh, three thousand years of longing. I know. What the I, fuck? I'm like, what the fuck is going what on? Is that? <laughs> that is George Miller's new movie, director of Fury Road, one of the best movies I've literally ever seen in my life. I love he, that movie. He fucking went and made the whole goddamn giant movie that looks insane. That no one oh, no knew about. Don't, nobody tell, didn't tell anybody. <laughs> what? Premiered yeah. at Con. You know, it's just. And they yeah. premiered at Con and it got a, like one of the longest standing ovations. Ovations there. Everyone loved it. Yeah. It's just Tilda Swinton. Um, yeah. And it's it's just, called 3,000 Years of Longing. Yeah. It looks bananas it looks crazy (laughs) i I was shocked when i saw from the mind of george miller i was like well maybe he produced something that ever someone else no no no. 100 he's 100 him (laughs) yeah uh he might have even written it he wrote it he wrote it produced it and directed it yeah magnificent that's magnificent. I just, I like, and that he's dude is, also filming Furio, Furiosa right now. Yeah. And they announced Mad Max The Wasteland as well. Fucking good, man. Cause, uh, so, yeah, Furiosa, we got stuff. Yeah. We got stuff. That dude is what, 80? And he's How doing this? Old is he? he must be set in got, mid to late he, 70s. That's what I say. He was born in 1945. What? He's, he's up there. He's up there. So, so yeah, he's not eighty. Uh, what's the the movie called again? I want to see the trailer. Uh, uh, thousand years of three thousand years of lo- of longing. Yeah. Holy moly! And yeah, he is seventy seven years old. Seventy seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is mind blowing to me. God bless you. You give me hope, my friend. Go, 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 Judd. Like, that is like, George is, is doing us all a favor, making us feel like no. young men again. Tilda Swinton. <laughs> Tilda Swinton. Yeah. Yeah, it looks insane. Like, it looks insane. Oh, man, I got to watch this. Yeah. Well, when is it coming out? Is it coming out? It's summer. Coming out. It's coming out in summer. Okay. Yeah. But God bless him. I mean, I'll, I'll, I may the, actually go to the theaters for that, my yeah. friend. I I, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I don't actually care if that movie's any good. I just love that he went and did it. Like, maybe it's great. I, I expect that it's very good. Um, but I was just like, fucking A, man. You just took that money, that Mad Max money, and was like, fuck it. I'm just going to make a thing. And then, ta-da. There. I didn't have to ask anybody. <laughs> just Holy went and did it myself. Yeah. I think that's what he did. 
It looks crazy. And as Dave 3D points out, yes, he is a youngin in Clint Eastwood years. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah how old is Clint Eastwood? He's got to be close to 90, nine, right? 90, 91, maybe. Yeah. Yep. I saw his latest one. I thought it was pretty good. Like it was just, it was sort of like his mid seventies kind of like, not, it's not like a knockout, but fuck man. If I'm getting, if I can do anything. That old and you're making movies. Yeah. God bless him. He's making like, he's, he's like, he's not falling off the way that Woody Allen's movies have fallen off where you're just like, you're not really trying anymore. Like he's really still trying to make a movie. He's still trying to make a good movie and it's doing a pretty good job. Well, that's the thing about him, right? I mean, that was the formula he had. Basically he, he, the the studio knew that he would basically say, okay, I'm going to make a movie. It's about this. I need this much money. And then the studio just gives him the money and he comes back with a movie and it's very efficient Mm -hmm. and they're going to, that's the guarantee. They're going to make their money back. That's it. Right. That's so, all, all and it's, do. and it's not, a, they're not going to make a huge amount of money, but he also doesn't spend a whole lot of money. Yeah. He's like, he's Mr. First Take. Everyone yeah. knows that about yep. him. Right. So, like, done. Yep. Dedicated following. <laughs> they, they already have take. it in the pipeline. They're just like, okay, this goes to Netflix. It makes 20% over here. The back end is this, blah, blah, blah. Go. That's fine. And, yeah. you know, because I mean, like, the Dan Thrones of the world will definitely watch this. We're, we have it in the pipe. It's fine. We understand. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's a good, that is definitely a good. Uh, method. It's the Roger Corman mentality, and it works really, really well. Um, but then you get like George Miller out there, just fucking sucker punching everybody. God bless you. <laughs> oh, God I think it's like you know, it's interesting man. when he did Fury Road, and I, 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 I've, I had mixed feelings about Fury Road when I first mm-hmm. saw it. Honestly, I, I, I like it a lot. I have no mm-hmm. problems with that. But there was something about it that bothered me at the beginning, and I think it might. Oh. You, know, you, you don't really know. Sometimes it's, you know, the, 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 Look, where, let's, where you are, you know, and, and when you're watching a film, it could be the right. worst movie in the world, but Zoe Kravitz, but I hear where you're like, yeah, I hear where you're going, Chris, please continue. Yes, absolutely. Sorry. No, I know. It's just sometimes like, and, and sometimes you're in a, you see a not so good movie and you're in a great mood. And then right. you look at it again. It's like, wait, that wasn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah, maybe I was in a different headspace. Yeah. Because that's the thing, right? Like the, to make a movie great, you have to be there and be wanting to see it. Yeah, this <laughs> right? is true. Like, yeah, I feel like the if, like, if you're not in a if you're in a bad space and you're watching a movie, sometimes there's a, there's the kind of movies that help you get out of that bad space, or sometimes it's just going to ruin the movie. <laughs> yeah, like there's like I recently didn't like The Northman. And I was really, I was just like, so disappointed because like, there's an experience I wanted to have and then I didn't have it. And I know the studio interfered with it. So it twiddled like a bunch of like things that make me pissed. It triggered me. And so like, I'm just like, ah, now I'm mad, you know, and that kind of stuff. So like, like, I'm sure I'll see the Northman again at some point. Cause a lot of people like that. I'll watch it and be like, yes, it's pretty, it's pretty fun. You know, guess who's in, in Soderbergh's next movie. Who's that? Zoe Kravitz. Hey, look at that. Good for him, man. I fucking that guy he's not, he's not my favorite filmmaker of all time but he is Soderbergh absolute absolute hero of mine absolute 100% um i actually just rewatched um uh let them all talk which mm-hmm. is uh which is an incredibly subversive fantastic movie that makes you think like you're watching something really leisurely and then it completely fucking punches you in the face <laughs> i didn't realize that george miller directed happy feet yes yeah yes this fuck? guy this guy he's so versatile it's unbelievable yeah. 
He doesn't care. He's did Babe, Babe Two, which is is a, I think fantastic movie and the opposite of Babe. <laughs> like that's Lorenzo's like, Oil, The Witches Lorenzo's of Eastwick. Oil, they're both great, both excellent. Oh, my God, yeah. My so God, you man. guys have to watch a mo- show called The Lost City. That was good. Well, no, but it's um, there's a thing called Lost City, and when you watch the trailer. You're going to say, wait a minute, isn't this Romancing the Stone? And it's pretty is much. It? Oh, this one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With um, Channing Chani Tatum. Tatum and Sinem Bullock. Yeah. It's Romancing I, the I, Stone. I, yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love it. I'm in. I'm in. Sandy I'm definitely Bullock. watching. I, I, man, I, I'm sure everybody knows by now. Like, I fucking love Channing Tatum. Here's the like, link. So great. Zoe Kravitz, new movie. Ooh la 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 la. She's lovely, man. She's fantastic. Like she's a she's a mm. she's my favorite kind of movie star. You know, she's you know, she's got the glamour, she's beautiful, all that stuff, but she's also just like great. She's yeah, she's got this really in, intense uh yep. vibe to her. Like uh, Dave points out she's great in the Batman. Like I love her. She's a great cat. So good. Yeah, she's terrific. She's absolutely terrific. And I'm also a big fan of the Batman, which I've been rewatching on HBO. Uh much to people's chagrin, a lot of people like some people. Either you like the Batman or you really, really are angry at the Batman. I've discovered, so I try not to talk about it too much. But I really love that movie; it's a great movie. Probably my favorite you know Batman. Film. You know what looks disappointing to me? Like oh, really disappointing is she. Not that I was looking forward to it at all. She I wasn't going to watch it. She Hulk. <laughs> the CG looks really bad, dude. Yeah. In the trailer, it like, looks really bad. That looks like it, I bet that's a pretty fun show, but it is. The absolute I mean, basement of Marvel trying. They're just like, oh, but the, sure. but I think I believe that the, I believe the DD did a lot of the. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah, the, really? the She-Hulk stuff. No, it I would, does I would not say. look. It looks it does not. Yeah, like look it looks. Good. It looks like the that's a limited time frame production. I think that's what it looks. Like. It looks like there are talented people working on it, but they have to do it fast. And uh, uh, what's interesting is that with like, what was really interesting is to see some of the stuff on Twitter about it, where people were not blaming the visual effects company. They were blaming Disney that for not giving the animators enough time to do it right. Well, yeah. And they're a hundred percent correct about that. (laughs) That is exactly correct. That is. I'm glad that people finally learned that. Finally wised up and not blaming the visual effects studios for shitty movies. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, we, uh, as we have all worked at or done work with DD, like you know, we know some extraordinarily talented. Yeah, people. Um, yeah they and, did Thanos was great. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, if, they, they, if they do Thanos, they can do a better yeah. job. You know, and uh, like really, really, some really great people and some incredible talents, and uh, and like and all of us, like I've worked on, you know, it's like I worked on uh, Zodiac. And, you know, I worked on uh, Blade Runner 2049 and I worked on Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Guess yeah. which one I talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I worked on 47 Ronin. 47 Ronin. Yeah, we worked oh on that God. one. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Like that's a, like horrible. that best intentions kind of experience. But I couldn't wait to get off that movie. That was that was a rugged one. The only the only thing on my credits list that's lower than these is uh, Jack and the Jack the Giant Slayer. Oh, you worked on that one? Yeah, yeah, everyone had to do their time. Anyone? Well, like, Eric and I had the the primo one with Stealth. Man, that was Whoa, <laughs> Stealth. Stealth. Whoa. Stealth, Stealth, which is uh, which is such a bad movie. They won't even release it on DVD. <laughs> They're like, I'm sorry that happened. 
I'm sorry. That, that was the worst. Yeah. Stealth. Uh, stealth. I don't know, That's man. A great effect, Eric. Because I did, I did, I did stealth, and then uh, uh, Ghost Rider back to back, and I don't really know which one is worse. I would say oh, stealth is worse. I did stealth to then, no um, super ex girlfriend to oh right Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's there. You go. Yeah, Dave three pointing out rightly that uh, I'm willing to believe that She-Hulk CGI is temp work for the trailer, which happens quite a bit. Um, and uh, Dave, Dave with I worked on Miami Vice and The Aviator by Martin Scorsese and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> so everyone's got their uh, the League. Got, oh yeah. my god, yeah. that one was uh, that one was way up there in terms of the oofness. The train there. was there a train that was like That's horrible? Well, no, just the werewolf himself was the pretty werewolf. horrible. Yeah, like every, there's there's so much janky yeah. stuff in that movie it's it's a it's its own special beast it's its own special yeah. beast i oh, would say that stealth was worse than ghost rider for me not because the film was worse because i ne- honestly i never even saw ghost rider uh, but uh funny, I, I think <laughs> it, the, the the reason i think that uh stealth was worse is because stealth was the hours were brutal and you could tell you were working on a terrible movie That's oh yeah the pits. the pits yes you know and you're like you're working 14 hours a day seven days a week mm-hmm. and you're working on the fucking camel hump sequence with this green cloud behind a freaking blimp and yeah. it's the stupidest thing and i was like what the you fuck know, is going on why, why am i doing this? i'm not asking you to uh, feel sorry for me but after that i went to work on 2012 which was mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah, I worked on I worked on that one too. Dave 3D worked on 2012. We were working side by oh, side. God, I've never even seen that movie. It is a. I'm going to say 2012 is a pretty passable. entertaining movie. Yes, it's a passable. It's passable entertainment. Yes, it is. It's got the, it's got the the, the, the earthquake sequence. The earthquake sequence with the uh, the parking lot buildings. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I worked on for nine months. That's the best part of the movie. It's beautiful. Beautiful. You did you that is that is unbelievable. Exactly. I know you worked on that. Studio Max, dude. I put yeah. all of that together. Final it render. Was, uh unbelievable. <laughs> I also, by the way, I have to I have to finish Dave's joke here. He says, uh, leave extraordinary gentlemen is what made Connery retire that and passing on Gandalf. <laughs> Just like, yes, we have all passed on Gandalf. <laughs> we have all passed yeah. on Gandalf in our time. It's true. It's very true. But yeah, that's that's the thing, dude. Like, I think that the you know, like if you hang on, you will end up, you know, there there will be goods and bads in your career for sure. And uh, but I, I at where I'm at right now, uh, like I am happier to be working mainly in streaming, which feels a lot more like commercials work, uh, where it's like yeah. this is interesting problem solving with some good folks, uh, and you have to sort of jam it out. You have to like, how do we make this look as best as we can in the limited amount of time we have and, uh, and just, and rock it out quick. Um, but like she Hulk feels like it's in between those things. It's still trying to be Marvel big time. And there's no way they are being given the, uh, the money I, or the time. I, I've, I've been seeing a lot of articles with Kathleen Kennedy backpedaling. Have you seen these articles? No. Oh, Star Wars? Yeah. 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 She's totally backpedaling on a lot of stuff. Like, we're not going to make younger versions of the Skywalker. Like, he's basically backpedaling on the whole trope of what's going on on Star Wars. Oh, I thought it was interesting. I thought it was really interesting because she is, like, I think that she's, her analysis is actually right. She's not saying what she means, but her analysis is correct, which is, like, what she's not saying is the fans 
are fucking assholes and we cannot control this anymore unless we just give them more of the same oatmeal they're going to complain and our franchise is fucked that's what that's the subtext of what she is saying you know uh the she did in my opinion like like uh, you know she's a terrific producer um and she's a loads and loads of great work but the mistake that she made with star wars is she was like half risky and it made everybody yeah. mad you know and uh and so she got gun shy on hot solo and you know you're just like oh man like you got to go all the way if you're going to take on one of these things and if you're not going to go all the way you got to just make star wars the tv show with john favreau and because that's the only thing that's going to work because the only that's the only thing that, that fans will calm down enough about but it's it's the fan it is the fans fault that is the fans the fault. fans are the worst yeah like that is it's, and, it, and the thing is basically what you're saying is like it's they she is obligated to do fan service yes that is the only way out that's the only acceptable way out right now and it's I, the only way they can make money yeah i feel bad i feel bad i feel bad for uh the dude who played han solo it was a great actor from uh hail caesar you know and he hasn't yeah. really done anything since han solo because people wrote him so hard on that thing and i'm just like uh. this, it's fucking I was just like this is impossible like you can like you don't want like fans don't like they only want their specific re recooking of the element of star Wars that they wanted. And if they don't get it, they piss all over it and it started giant fights and it's useless. Like you're just destroying the thing you love, like leave it to artists to make something good. And if you don't like it, you have plenty of other star Wars. That's right. You know, but it's just dead. It's dead. You know what they want? They want to make star Wars good again. Great want, again. Yeah, they want to make it great again. Make Star, make Star Wars, Wars great, great again. again. That's that is the fan position. And I say that about all of the fans. I'm not even like just bitching about once the the guys who want the nostalgia or the people who want the new stuff. Like everybody's being a jerk. And this is what you get. Like you everyone wrecked the party. You know, that's basically what happened. Thanks, Chris. And I'm just saying, you tell Kathleen for me. But I mean, like, I felt bad for her. I read that it was just like that fucking sucks. Yeah, like she she really tried to wrangle this thing and then ultimately she's like what's the point i can't ride this monster it's impossible you know the fans own the ip and it's the you know the only thing the only thing that works is uh is another fucking ham sandwich she should just retire though you know it's yeah. like uh, well, no, she's got a big contract on her. Anyway, listen, uh, we are at our three-hour mark. We've had a great conversation. Mm -hmm. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting stuff. Went a little into Star Trek. Went a little into Star Wars. <laughs> went a little myself. into Mad Max. <laughs> went a little bit into Top Gun. <laughs> Talked about the amazing, uh, uh, diverse uh, filmography of George Roy Hill. Yes. Uh, uh, Eric pulled out some great scripts to go through, which was fun. Uh, and uh, I thought I thought it was a good show. I'm happy yep. with it. Yep. Chat was fantastic. Again, chat was great. Really we had a very great. active chat, and yep. I think I'm very happy for that. Yeah. Uh, remember, guys, uh, we do uh, could use subscriptions. And someone said, I think Dave or some someone said that they had the Prime subscription and they still got ads. I don't really know what's going on. You're supposed to do that. Unfortunately, I don't have control over that. Uh, you're not supposed to get ads. I looked through the settings, but maybe it's only for non-Prime. Yeah, that's weird. That's yeah. really I don't know. I don't know. But uh, unfortunately, I don't have control over that. It's not that you got a lot of ads. You only got ads when I said you get that ads. You and, that's, yeah, right. and you 
out of three hours, you got two minutes of ads. Uh, so yep. I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. <laughs> but it gave me we'll a chance to go get a drink. Yep. That's right. And, you know, it helps us get a little bit more money for the podcast. But thanks, everybody, uh, for all that. That was super, super, super fun. Super uh, fun. Super fun. And do I, now what uh, are we doing next week? Uh, we're going to do a, oh yes, yes. Reminder, we are doing a watch party next week. And those of you who are subscribers and on our discord, uh, we would love to have your suggestions. And I believe is it McMonkey man? Yes. Monkey Monkey man who is on here, uh, made his first suggestion. And, uh, the, the, the idea is for the watch party subscriber a subscriber picked from the a selection who uh will be able to be a special guest in the watch party and it looks like mcmonkey man right now is in the running as he only has the, the only one who has a suggestion if you'd yeah. like to be on the podcast uh with for the watch party you can do it although mcmonkey man you have to actually suggest the movie i don't know oh, we think i think he did no he's on discord he has accepted and he has uh, suggested i accept uh, your yes. challenge so we have mcmonkey man coming on for the uh for the 28th i think it is if that's yes it. and uh, and that'll be a, a like like we said before like this may this may work out great which i expect or it may work out like the um uh the limousine you sound like Burt Reynolds. Nights. yeah I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah i like the limousine on Biggie nights oh my Who god <laughs> On video, shooting yeah, film yeah. on video, <laughs> video tape. Yeah, that's so. Tune in to find out, but it is going to be hysterical. And uh, and uh, and check out our Discord to see what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, definitely so. check out our Discord. I know that uh, who was it who just joined us today? Well, Wilton Welton, yes, Sandler. he's yes, joined our Discord. And uh, since I don't know if you're still on the chat or not, uh, but if you are. Um, uh, you, you did join our discord, but you have to uh, hit the, accept the rules in order to get, yes, uh, he's not, he's the... not with us right now, but we'll make sure that, uh, okay. uh, make sure let that... him know did he has to say, go onto the rules section, click, click the thing. And then because he's a subscriber, I will make sure that he gets, uh, into the subscriber section as well. Fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. He's, uh, the, that's, uh, my friend Sebastian from work. He's an absolutely awesome dude. And we worked on many shows together and he's a welcome okay. addition. So I'm psyched to see him on board. That's and awesome. I like to also, we have a new follower called Unity CK, and I'm wondering if it's Louis CK or not. I believe it's you, Louis CK. Hello, Louis. It is. And it's so great to have him. Please here. keep the video off, but we were happy to have him. Yeah, please have the video <laughs> off if you're going to be on the podcast. That's right. What are you uh, all right. All right, guys, you ready to do this? Let's do it. Drink. Talk. Drink. Drink.